Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The rivalry game is nearly upon us. And we will be giving away tickets to see BYU in Utah this morning at 8.30. So stay tuned for that. Right now, Craig Bowlerjack joined us late in yesterday's show. He's a Big 12 guy. He went to Kansas State. And now BYU's getting ready to join the Big 12. Here's Craig Bowlerjack with PK and I on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, what up? Well, we always talk on this show about how the older you get, the more you don't root for teams, you root for people. And you know people and their stories and their backgrounds. When everything happens, you kind of look through it through that lens. And so as I'm hearing all this Big 12 talk, right, and it seems logical what needs to happen, and you hear behind the scenes it's happening, and then you hear publicly it's happening, it's like, oh, hurry up and get there. And I was thinking of you in this whole Big 12 story. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, Bowler never thought he could drive down to Provo and see Kansas State no, play a no. conference game. But it looks like it's about to happen. Yes, yes it is. Uh, Guys I talked to back in Kansas City, uh, they just think it's a matter of hours or so before, you know, before it's all, you know, said and done. But no, I never thought I could go to Provo, Utah to see Kansas State one day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean, that is, is that full circle or is that half a circle? I'm not sure what to say about that. But amazing. I mean, it, it really is. Um, I thought all of it was for BYU. You know, we've talked to, we've talked about this conference thing, you know, for years. Pac-12. What do you think? Uh, moving uh, east, you know, going west, staying independent. Uh, what would be the best scenario? But boy, in the world of college football, it's ever changing, and nothing surprises me anymore. To, and to see Oklahoma and Texas uh, leave. Uh, you know, the Big 12 to go to the massive SEC conference now, which will be, you know, the mega of mega uh, conferences in college football. Uh, you know, there's, there's spots that open. And I think BYU's uh, one of the gems in college football. Um, and why not? So I'm excited to see it happen. We've seen, obviously, in the West, BYU have a footprint in, Nash, uh, in the Western part of the country very very strong right. part of it is because of the church obviously a significant part of it is because of the church affiliation but i think too you go back and there's been guys like that 96 team that was really good had some dbs out of california and i think it's because they knew of byu sarkeesian you know you knew of byu if you're in the west i grew up uh, after i got into high school in arizona and california and i was aware of who the byu quarterback was virtually at all times so you were you had a in the west you had a significant awareness of BYU football now as it looks that they're going to head east this is your part of the country not DJ and mine we don't have a lot of experience in this part of the country do you think BYU football could have the same type of impact in the in these newer areas that they're going to venture into that they had to where they can pick off some players just because of the BYU rep now that yeah. they had in the West that they could also have in your part of the country where you came yeah. from? You know, absolutely. Uh, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, remember Nauvoo, Illinois, right, is where it all yeah. began, and that's where the Trek West occurred. So that's not, you know, far from the Kansas City area. And uh, there is uh, Mormon community uh, in Kansas City. 
Uh, I grew up across the street from an LDS family was kind of unknown at that time for me, you know, what that was, what truly that was about. But yeah, to your point about recruiting, I think it opens up a a different recruiting path that I don't think anyone ever thought of, uh, to be honest with you, PK. Um, I think the BYU name, because of the names of, 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 of Steve Young, uh, Lavelle Edwards, uh, you know, even the Robbie Boscos didn't play long in the National Football League, but still, you know, the, the 84 championship has been a long, long time ago, but still that resonates, in my opinion, you know, around the college football world because the way they play or the way they played, you know, the, the quarterback factory. But now that's kind of coming back around with Zach Wilson in the National Football League, the number two pick. Look, those things always rekindle thoughts and what BYU was and who they may be again. Um, I think I, I I think it's a win-win for the conference and also for BYU. Fresh start, uh, a new way of recruiting, uh, new players they've maybe never been able to reach. And if it does if it does happen, PK, um, I think it revitalizes both both the conference and the BYU program. It's funny you mentioned Zach in the NFL. Remember when you guys at KSL had to lobby? Ty Detmer had been in the league a long time, but he was yeah. starting for the Sixers, and you had to lobby or Sixers for the Eagles, and you guys had to lobby to get him on, and the game did like a 17 rating, which is yeah. like a big playoff game, almost a, not quite a conference title rating. <laughs> And everyone's blown away, and all of a sudden we're getting Eagle games every week. Well, Zach Wilson is on TV week one on CBS in Utah, but he's not week two, and I've thought of that. I wondered, I wonder if BYU fans are going to tune in. (laughs) He's going to get a 17 rating, and all of a sudden we're going to get a notice. Oh, last-minute switch for week two. (laughs) Yeah, it's strange. You see the New York market all of a sudden. What's this thing in Utah? What's the trickle-down effect in a Salt Lake City? But, yeah, you know, the power of the fans who want to see a player, it can happen. I don't know if uh, – should we call Jim Nance and get him on live and say, man, turn us – you know what's funny is everyone said, just turn the switch, you know, in New York. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it doesn't quite happen that way. <laughs> but, you know, people would be upset. Like, just call him. Just call him and turn the switch over to to, to watch Ty Detmer play. But uh, those were good old days. And Zach's going to probably, again, success, depending on how he does in New York. It's a huge stage. Uh, will only bring you know more notoriety to, to, to BYU. Honestly, uh, you know that's what Ty did. That's what Steve Young did. Uh, you know, it's it's gosh, it was one after another. And Ty Debmer, you know, went in the Heisman. I'll never forget that day in Hawaii when he heard it first because of the of the delay, um, and really again put BYU on the map with Ty Debmer. I think Mark Pope's going to have a field day because I think this has the tremendous uh, opportunity to be a really good basketball league because it already is. I mean, you get defending uh, titleists uh, in Baylor, uh, and Kansas speaks for itself. K-State yeah, has yeah. had its moments. Uh, Texas Tech was in a Final Four. Oklahoma State usually is solid. Yeah, they're always solid. Uh, Don't so- forget, Kansas State has always kind of been floating around, PK. Oh, yeah, Nothing yeah. Nothing dominant, but, you know, again, it goes back to remember – Again, this dates me, but Rolando Blackman was on the front page of Sports Illustrated years ago, had a great career in Dallas, and uh, it was always kind of, again, that it was the throwaways from the University of Kansas who would come to K-State, but it was always so competitive. Um, 
and Alan Darnell Field. Valentine. Yeah, Darnell Valentine. You know, <laughs> Paul Mulkeski. I mean, all these names that go way back. But uh, I'd say the Allen Fieldhouse, if you haven't been there, is still iconic. It's just a, it's a great place uh, to watch basketball, as was Ahern Fieldhouse in Manhattan before uh, they decided to go big time and build Bramlage Coliseum. But, yeah, there's some great basketball in the Big 12. And, of course, Kansas is the, uh, the foundation point of it all. But, yeah, if you see BYU jump in and they decide to bring – basketball with them which i'm guessing they should and would uh then you've really got you know some i think the fans just the fans really are the ones pk that will uh benefit they'll eat it up yeah because what happens again is what we've always talked about can you can you lose a game and still have a shot at a conference championship absolutely yep and that's i think that's what's really the the best scenario and if espn obviously is going to come along uh, K-State's not going to mind being on ESPN and Lavelle Edwards Stadium, by the way, on a, on a Thursday or Saturday night at 8.15 uh, Mountain Time. It may be a little, you know, it's Midwest is only an hour ahead. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of good scenarios here if it all works out. Okay, but so, Bowler, uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. Because you've worked for uh, multiple networks, you did, uh, after KSL, you did, the ES- you did a bunch of ESPN games, actually, while you were at KSL. You did stuff. You jumped to CBS. You've done stuff for Fox. I think there's way more rivalry between the networks than people let on. And CBS and Fox are about to get cut into the postseason as it expands. The Pac-12 commissioner made it clear they're going to use an NFL-type model. I'm thinking CBS, which has been doing one SEC game, is going to be doing more. And whether it's Big 12, Pac-12, or Big 10, they can't get the ACC and SEC. Those are locked up. So I'm thinking CBS and Fox are going to embrace these other three leagues big time. What do you know? You giggled when I said rivalry between the networks. I heard you giggling. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was always huge. Uh, I remember well when we would start getting our schedules at CBS, and it was like, uh, you know, they would allow, they would tell us, look, uh, you know, tomorrow at noon uh, is going to be almost like a lottery where, you know, the network who has the contract with the, well, the main contract with the SEC would get their first pick. And then it, the trickle down effect would happen after that. ESPN would jump in and take one game and then. You know, uh, then, then CBS would come back and they would take, uh, you know, the Auburn-Alabama game that year, uh, depending. And then, uh, oh, it was crazy just to see how how, how the, the networks were able to almost do this pick picking process and then how they would fill their schedules uh, on a yearly basis. And now ESPN basically owns the world. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. I think CBS is basically running out of time. And the SEC, yes, they may they may have uh, they may stick in there for uh, what is it another year? I think it is. They've got two more years, but the two commissioner the commissioner I think made it pretty clear that everybody wants live football. So oh, CBS yeah. is going to find some somewhere. They will. Well, the Big Ten, I think they're going to try to put a foothold or toehold in there uh, with CBS. Uh, you know, college uh, sports. They're, they've got another off station or a cable station that. That they'll do, and they will do a Navy game. Sometimes I jumped on there with Randy Cross and did a Navy game uh, as well. But uh, yeah, I think uh, all of a sudden the Big Twelve feels like they've lost ground uh, with the loss of Oklahoma and Texas. But I think BYU still. I think ESPN has proven this, guys. Right, that BYU has an audience far-reaching, and so that's why you know you got to applaud BYU and the athletic department to make this happen 
and this only probably makes that property even a, a bit more valuable. So we're less than a month away, as crazy as it sounds, from at least preseason NBA hoop. The juice is starting to flow. I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, I can't believe it. I mean, it's um, it was four weeks from last, what, a couple days ago. You know, you go, in, to go to San Antonio on the 4th, and then you play Dallas on the 6th. You come back, you get to see uh, Zion and uh, New Orleans, and then you finish up the, pre- excuse me, the preseason with the world champion Bucks. That's not bad. That's a pretty good preseason schedule. So um, then on the 20th, we play for real. It's amazing how quick. I was just telling uh, you know, Jake that this is uh, the time of year where you get you know, baseball playoffs starting to really heat up and, and the World Series just around the corner. And you got college football underway and you got the NBA rolling. I mean, this is, this is a good time of year. Uh, I can't believe how fast things go. From the NBA Finals to the Olympics and now to another season, I feel like we've compacted three years of basketball into about a year and a half, which really kind of we have. You know, it's truncated season last year. This year they're going for 82, and we'll see if we can't get back on track. But, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. So the Jazz are going to have a fairly old roster, but then you see what the Lakers and Nets are doing. Like, well, maybe the Jazz aren't old enough. But when the future future is now, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, every day something's going on with the Nets and the Lakers with another, like, what, LaMarcus Aldridge comes out of retirement? Um, you know, it's it, DeAndre Jordan. All these guys are loading up with uh, v- veteran minimum contracts for all of them to try to have one last chance to grab a ring uh, in the twilight of the career. So we'll see who stays healthy. But, no, this is the time for the Jazz. I think it's real obvious that, you know, the, the, they're over the luxury tax. Uh, Ryan Smith said from the get-go – you know, his eyes were on a championship. You know what Donovan and Rudy, uh, what their goals are. But also, you have to continue to build to prove to Donovan, especially, you know, at 25 now. I just had a birthday a few days ago that this is this is real. This is the real deal. You don't have to make a jump anywhere else. Uh, you're, they want We want you staying here. We want you to be a Malone Stockton type of 19-year, 17-year vet and make it happen. And if you, as long as you prove that to players, because the fear now, as you guys know, is players demanding trades. Harden, you know, made his point and got got a deal done. Damian Lillard, to his credit, you know, talked about it, kind of pulled back on that, and still, I think, wants to stay in Portland. But also, he's asking, will you prove to me that you're willing to to go the distance and make it happen? And there's still talk that Ben Simmons is going to end up in Portland. I mean, at least that's what the so-called experts are betting on. So, but you know, who do you lose to get a Ben Simmons? And is is he coming west? Is he will he perform in a, in a restart? I don't know. But the clock is ticking. Something has to happen on that on that uh, deal uh, fairly quickly before uh, the you know camp's going to open before you know it and open court is underway. Players are starting to trickle back in to start working out and you know, here in Salt Lake City. So yeah, a lot of things are gonna have to happen in the league in the next week or two uh, as things start to really uh you know focus in on preseason. Bowler, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you again. Good luck to uh K State in the new Big Twelve. Yeah man, it'd be kind of fun to go to Provo Road Trip. PK, you drive the bus, okay? Easy, man. I will take you all the way. All right. <laughs> to and from and, and, and back again. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, can I just ask you? I know we didn't talk BYU-Utah. Who, who's picking who? 
Uh, we're picking Utah until BYU wins. I'm going we'll with wrong. the winner. <laughs> nice. Going with the winner. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bowler. We better we'll run. Guys. Talk Take to care. you. There's Craig Bowler Jack. When we come back, we don't normally do this uh, because they're on the air so early in the morning. Samson Nakua joins us every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Nick Ford joins us every Monday morning at 7.30, and we talk Utes and Cougars with those guys. Name, image, and likeness allows us to do that now. Uh, But because Monday was a holiday, we think a lot of you didn't hear them. So Samson Nakua is coming up next, and Nick Ford after that. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Holy War is here. Kalani Sataki and the Cougars look to snap Utah's winning streak at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it's time to welcome in Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in a drought. Smart Rain will help you and your commercial property save money, save water. Give the folks a call at Smart Rain. Samson, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Happy Monday. <laughs> it sounds like you are just barely. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit, just a little bit. Long weekend after a win like that, celebrating hard. There you go. So I'm, I'm curious. Before we get into some of the, uh, some of the details of the game, and we got, we got plenty to get to you. Uh, it's a different team. It's a different coach. It's different guys. Maybe a different way of doing things. How different was the game day experience? Um, I, I try to make it as similar as possible to my normal day routine of life. Uh, I, I try not to do anything too crazy. Um, um, and I think they ran it uh, pretty smoothly and pretty similar to Coach Whittingham and up at the U of everyone just, uh, you know, just trying to focus in and lock into the game and uh, set aside any distractions. Um, tell your family you love them early and throughout the day and, you know, just um, try to relax and, you know, keep calm the nerves and uh, just be prepared mentally and uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, just stay ready for the whole game day. And uh, I think they did a really good job on uh, preparing us for uh, game day. So, Kalani Sitaki said afterward that the Nakua brothers should be ready to go this week. You didn't play. Well, you got in and, and recovered the onside kick. So, I mean, it's clear, it's clear, Samson, without your ability to cover that onside kick, it could have made all the difference in the world. But you, So, I'm, I'm basically saying you won the game for BYU by covering that, era, that onside kick. But your coach said you thought that he thought the two of you guys would be back this week against Utah. Is that your line of thinking? Um, yes, um, for sure. Me and Puka are feeling good. Um, we're, we're just here to help the team in any way possible. And uh, um, we were sad that we weren't able to be, make it out on the field this past weekend. But, you know, we're working hard. We've been doing a lot of rehab and streaming. And uh, we're feeling good this weekend. And uh, today's our first day of practice. And uh, so, you know, we're just going to get rolling today and see how we're feeling and uh, what's the moving game plan for this week. So I'm curious the impact the injury had on the game uh, early on, and we know how the fans felt about it, and it seems like there is some good news, but it seemed like that changed everything you would think about a season opener, watching a teammate on the field for 17 minutes. 
Sorry, I'm going to need you to repeat that. <laughs> I, I, I just watching that game, the uh, you know the normal pomp and circumstance and energy of a season opener, and then you have a teammate go down with what looks like a really serious injury. Apparently, it's not nearly that bad, but a 17-minute stop in the game that was. Uh, uh, that was hard to watch. They actually on TV cut away to the studio show. I'm just wondering about your interaction with your teammates during that. Um, it was scary, honestly, um, to see a uh, to see Keenan go down like that. Um, I was right there on the sideline, uh, honestly, right there watching him play right next to Keenan, um, and um, to see him uh, go down. It was honestly one of the scariest moments um, for everybody on the team. Um, Kwame was able to pull it together and uh, had one of our teammates say a prayer. Um, and um, I think it just made everyone realize, like, this game, uh, you can't take for granted. Um, this game is uh, unforgiving, and um, it could uh, it could uh, end at any time, and we just don't know. And uh, we just got to gotta play like it's the last time we could ever play. And um, we're just thankful to see that Keenan's doing a lot better and uh, – um, we were able to rally together and uh, get our minds right, you know, and and uh, pull out the win for Keenan. And uh, it, it was scary, but Kalani kept us updated, and uh, we're just happy to have him and um, him have no, no serious injuries. How much improvement do you expect from the offense from game one to game two? Um, I expected to just be more uh, more clean, more more flowing. Um, more uh, better execution this next week. Um, last week we did we did uh, pretty good, but um, I know we can do better, and um, I know we um, there, we have a lot to fix up, but we'll be good. Uh, today's the first day of you know just getting things right and getting things flowing, and uh, we're ready. What what's the number one thing you'd like to see uh, fixed and changed and improved? Um. I think there's just little assignments cleaning up in uh, the details and. Um, the little details. Um, it, our coaches always talk about it's the little details that will win us a game that, that separates us from being good and great. And um, it's just a little, a little picking up assignment, uh, a little picking up block assignments, um, details in our route running, details in um, our alignment of running, uh, of where we are aligned in the play. Um, I think it's just a little thing. Honestly, we did get in the big plays. Um, players uh, that we need to make plays make plays and it, it's going to be fun this week honestly it's just a little detail that's going to separate uh, who's going to win this game so you were with the Utes obviously for a number of years and this is a rivalry game some people with Utah not, I don't know about the players or the coaches but fans they want to downplay the rivalry from your perspective when you're with the Utes how big was the BYU game oh my goodness it was it wasn't the main focus of Utah, but when the game came around, um, we were locked into them. Definitely no distractions. We had the whole football facility over there lit up. Uh, every every TV screen over there is uh, playing old old football games of Utah beating the crap out of BYU and stuff. So it's pretty intense over there, honestly. Uh, we don't mention the name over there. It's a team down south. Um it gets intense over there, honestly. So Kyle will play it off and try to talk about BYU with never, ever using the letters BYU or the word Cougars. When he speaks to the team the week of that game, 
how fired up is he and what kind of stuff does he say? Um, he's pretty fired up. Um, there's not much to say. I think he takes almost every game pretty seriously. Um, but this one, he, he takes a little bit more heart because of the interstate rivalry. Um, he just, he left talking, uh, let, um, Utah know that they're the bigger brother, um, that they're the bigger brother of the state and that they, they're going to keep it that way. And, um, he just loves to be the top dog in the state. And he just reminds everyone over there that, that they are and uh, just keeps it in their head and, uh, just engraves it in, into everybody's heart set. They're the best in state. <laughs> You're going to tell your guys about this to make sure they're fired up to meet the challenge because obviously you've changed colors now, so to speak. Uh, hopefully I don't have to get anyone fired up. Hopefully they know that this game is, is like any other game. It's, just, it's as important as any other game. Um, we come here to – for an undefeated season, and uh, we, we can't do that without winning this game and taking this game seriously. So I know these guys are pumped up just as much as me, maybe not as much as me, maybe, but I need them to be because, you know, this game means a lot to everybody around this uh, state, honestly. So it's time to make things happen. So it's unusual to change sides in the rivalry, but you also have an unusual personal you know, reason that was part of why you did it, and guys understand that. So are your former teammates leaving your phone alone, or are they blowing it up and uh, coming after you? Um, it's been a little bit of both. Uh, me, we talked a little smack uh, back and forth, um, but most of the time we're always just checking up on each other, me and my old teammates. Um, those guys are my brothers for four to five years, and uh, – I wouldn't change the thing of being over there. And um, so, yeah, we talk a little bit, chatting back and forth. But, you know, we're always just checking out, making sure everyone's good, making sure everyone's living life and uh, is happy. And um, it's been good. It, it, it's been fun, honestly. We talk a little smack, but nothing too crazy. I think that you being an in-state guy, you grew up, obviously, with the BYU-Utah game being forefront on the mind of uh, what people want to do in terms of having fun and the trash talk and all that stuff. How long does it take an out-of-state guy to understand the level of the importance of the game? I don't think they... I think as soon as they step into the state of Utah, they, they feel the rivalry, they hear about the rivalry, like the Holy War is... Actually, the Holy War is one of the biggest rivalries in the in the country, in the in the states right now. So I'm pretty sure even them not even being part of the church or not even being from Utah, they've heard about it. And um, especially when they get here, they know, they can feel it. They can, everyone's in their ear about it. And they just have to join in. It's either you uh, you join in or you're part of it, you're in the way. And uh, it's been fun. <laughs> when they come out for warm-ups, is it different then? Can you look at guys when you're warming up well before the game and say, it already feels different, doesn't it? You you better be ready. You know what you're in for here. Yeah. The warm-ups, the warm-ups you can definitely feel, especially this past weekend. You could feel who was ready and who wasn't. Um, and it was a good thing. Kalani gave a great talk before the game, and I think it calmed everyone's nerve down. And uh, the guy went a little more focused in and um, – I think this week, I don't, I don't know if anyone has to say anything. If they do, I don't want them on the field with us. Um, I, I need them to have their own self-motivation, and um, I need them to be ready mentally uh, and 
to come out and ball. Like this game is, you guys already know, this game is one of the biggest games of the year, and um, I just need everyone to be on their A game. <laughs> From the player perspective, going back to last year, how much more fun was it this year to have fans in the stadium because you didn't have any last year? Oh my goodness! To be able to walk out into Legion Stadium and have a wave of blue and barely any red was just unbelievable. It felt like a home game out in, uh, over here down in Provo. And uh, it was crazy, honestly, um, to remember last year with no fans, no, nothing. It was completely dead in the stadiums. And uh, just to come out there and feel that energy was just, it reminds me why we love to play the game, why, why we're entertainers, why we do this. And um, it, it was just so fun to be out there, and I can't wait to be out there Saturday. So as a player, you get to be behind the scenes. Is that new stadium in Las Vegas, is that thing just a palace? Sorry, what would you say? You've been behind the scenes at that new stadium now. Is it as nice as everyone says? Is it a palace? Oh, my goodness. It is unbelievable over there. I, I'm trying to make my house something like that. The Allegiant Stadium, <laughs> they did an amazing job, honestly. Do you think Arizona was maybe a little bit better than advertised? For sure they were. They were a lot better than uh, advertised, I think, honestly. Um, they came out and played really hard. Their defense was a lot better than we were, uh, we were expecting, honestly. Um, um, but the coaches were able to stick with the game plan, adjust a little bit that half, and uh, we came out with the W just exactly as we planned. So do you think with the transfer portal, teams that are down have long losing streaks like Arizona, don't compete at the end of the previous season like Arizona, can really turn things around quickly now? Um, I think they do. I think they can definitely turn things around. Um, you know, we always have bumps in our roads, and it's just a matter how you can face adversity if you're willing to come back through it or, really, or you're really just going to let it take over and you're going to fall behind. Um, Arizona is a great team. Uh, I don't think they should let this little loss um, set them back too much, but we never know. Well, Samson, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us this morning, and we're all looking forward to Saturday night. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Go Cougs, baby. There is Samson Nakua, our conversation with him from Monday morning, Labor Day, when a lot of you were still asleep. And it's always interesting to hear how Kyle handles things behind the scenes, and Samson can talk freely now. Although so can Nick, because as Lincoln Kennedy told us yesterday, he's probably on his way to the NFL. Nick Ford coming up next to talk Utes and to talk rivalry game right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk Ute football with Nick Ford. He joins us every week here 
on DJ and PK, and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Nick, good morning. Good morning, boss man. Nick, you know, uh, social media can be good. You can learn stuff, but I'm always wary about trying to uh, look at it and assess somebody's mood. It's really hard to do. It doesn't convey, you know, you see something typed there, but it doesn't necessarily convey tone and all that. But I saw a tweet from you after the game, uh, you basically paraphrasing, but, you know, we're going to get better. Good night, Utes. And I saw your body language after a few plays, and I thought, Nick's frustrated. Nick didn't measure up to his own standards. Nick's Going to sleep a little pissed off, quite frankly. But I wonder if, first off, was I right? And second off, you get a perspective of a few days. You have a chance to watch that film, watch other teams play their openers. Are you sitting here uh, now feeling different than you did when you went to bed the night after the game? Uh, you know, I'm, re- I'm you, could, you could ask anyone that knows me. I'm really tough on myself, so... Even if I uh, perform well in other people's eyes, I still think, you know, I got a lot to work on. So um, there's, you know, certain things that I was upset about myself personally that I knew I could improve on and I knew I could play better. And that's how it is going to be for me, you know, no matter what it is. And um, so I don't think I was necessarily pissed off in in a negative way. I'm more, when it comes to football, I'm more pissed off for greatness and perfection. So if it's not greatness and perfection, it's going to, you know, irritate me, and then overall as a team, you know, we did, uh, you know, f- uh, minor minor mistakes and stuff. But I mean, like that's the first uh, game of the season. That's how it always is, and uh, how Coach Wade runs the program. And everything, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of improvement to be made within this week. Um, any weaknesses that he thinks we have, or any mistakes that we did have, will be fixed this week. And when you think about Utah uh, football. You know, from the offensive perspective, in the first game, you had a new quarterback, you had some reshuffling on the offensive line, you had some new receivers, and then pretty much just about everybody was uh, new at running back. So when you put that in perspective, uh, how do you evaluate the performance just from the first game? And you've already spoken that you see a significant amount of improvement coming down the line as soon as this very week. Um, you know, I'm really proud of how everyone – performed this uh, past Thursday and I know that um, you know offensive line uh, we're joined together a lot of guys are really smart a lot of guys are starting to figure things out I have the utmost confidence in our quarterbacks our running backs and everyone you can see they clearly performed uh, last Thursday and you know it's all about uh, not being content with uh, where your position group is at and I don't think anyone right now is content with where we're at and we know what we're entirely capable of so um you know everyone like i said everyone's proud of how we performed but at the same time um you know we have no time to get content and we want to continue to improve off of that how much faster is the first game than the scrimmages that you guys have and how much do they let an accomplished player like yourself play in a scrimmage um you know it's it's um a lot different it's actually kind of slower the game games are actually kind of slow when you're actually playing it's really weird at least for me everything tends to slow down um and you know like you said in the scrimmage i played a good amount i you know i wanted to go play with my teammates in the scrimmages so i played a couple drives instead of sitting out the entire time and um 
going and playing a football game. I mean, I've been doing it for years, so I'm kind of used to the tempo. And like I said, for me, it kind of slows down mentally for me. And it's really weird. It's just like a different speed of time. How about that running back, Thomas, for you guys? Man, he's almost big enough to play alongside of you guys up front. I thought he looked really good. <laughs> oh, I know. We be joking with that, but we telling him he's a couple meals away from knee braces or ain't no linebacker should be running the ball. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, obviously, there's uh, the transfer portal. There's a lot of players joining teams now and fans don't know much about them, haven't seen them play, haven't seen how they express themselves after big plays, haven't seen them interviewed, don't know much about them. So what is what is Tavian like? Is he a loud guy, a quiet guy, serious guy, the guy who cracks up the locker room? What's he like? Uh, I say he's a good mix of everything. Um, you know, we, we've been blessed with the transfer portal and everyone who came from the portal has been, you know, really open and you know, bought into the team, and Davion is one of those people, and you know, he's just he's just a cool dude. He's not going to be too loud or too quiet. I mean, he's he's he just fits in perfectly. He'll joke about certain things, not knowing not to joke, and he works at practice, and you know, he's just an overall good kid, good guy, and I mean, you know, he's he's a funny dude when you start talking to him and getting to know him. So I mean. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't boast around anywhere, but at the same time, you know he's there. we got the rivalry game coming up this week, Nick. You know, you've got the in-state kids, the out-of-state kids, the intensity of the rivalry. Is, is this what it'd be like if Pedro ever played Mary Star? Oh, no, not Pedro on Mary Star. It's Pedro on Narbonne. Mary Star couldn't keep it. Narbonne. <laughs> well, I went in the city. You wanted to go out of the boundaries a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or Nas, it's either Narbonne or uh, Banning out in Wilmington, Battle for the Port. Okay, there you go. Battle for the Port, that sounds good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a Pirates coming to town or something, a Battle for oh, the yeah. Port. Pirates versus, oh, Pedro, uh, Pedro was the Pirates. Yeah. The Pirates versus Banning is the pi- uh, the Pilots, right? And Carson's the Colts. Nar- Narbonne's yeah. the Gauchos. Narbonne's the yeah, Gauchos, the Nachos. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious in the rivalry games you've been in, how different it is when you're finally in the middle of the game. Obviously, the hype, the run-up, the way the fans interact before the game, that's all going to be different. Fans are going to be mm-hmm. different bef- before a Utah-BYU game than before a Utah-Oregon you know, Oregon State game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious when you get there in the second and the third quarter, and, and now you've been hitting each other for 45 minutes or an hour, does it still is it still different, or does it settle down and become football, or is there a level of trash talking that can't be replicated? What's it like? <laughs> um, I say it's a little bit mix of everything. Um, you know, the the fans on both sides, you know, take it very serious. So do the football teams, and um, you know, there is trash talking. That's this just sport of football, and um, I think the biggest thing is to not. Um, overcomplicate it and not get too emotional because then you start to miss your assignments on a uh, football level. So for me personally, you know, I just lock in. Um, it's really hyped the entire week of and going there and seeing the fans and everything. But once that ball's in the air, I kind of, you know, snap out of that emotional state and go into, you know, just a football state, understanding my assignment, what I have to do for that play 
making sure that I'm locked in and, you know, everything is just uh, functioning at a high level, especially being center because, uh, you know, and I've talked to the rest of the offensive line and uh, making sure that the entire offense is calm. So, I mean, there is trash talking on the field. That's how it always is with football. So it always be. But, I mean, um, from an emotional standpoint, a lot of guys try to, you know, just focus on the game at that point in time so they don't miss their assignments. And then afterwards is when the emotions pick back up. How fun is it from the player perspective to go into a visiting stadium? You know there's going to be 60-some thousand people and everybody's going to be excited. So just from the basic fun of having the opportunity to play the game. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a blast. You go out there. I'm sure it's going to be loud being on offense away, you know, uh, getting towards the end zones and whatnot. And they're going to start yelling and screaming. And it, it's, it's really weird. You, you, you start to t- uh, tone out a lot of things when you start getting into those situations. And, um, you know, just the uh, environment is crazy both here in Rice Eccles and down um, at their stadium. And um, it's it's like one of the most unmatched things in college football, in my opinion. I've been a part of a lot of football games, um, and the energy levels of Rice Eccles and down there, um, it's, it's really different. So are you the guy who likes to go out on the field as soon as possible? Some guys like to stay in the locker room and they don't go out until the assistant coaches want to get the group going before the game? Or do you like to go out and hear from the fans and uh, get after the uh, get after everything real quick? Uh, I like to go out early, walk around a little bit, get, get my bearings, get my legs warmed up, do a couple push-ups, stretch, and then, um, then we stretch as a team and go back into the locker room. And then I'm in the locker room until the uh, centers come out uh, with the quarterbacks and everyone. And by then, it's you know pretty much game time. Go out there, stay out there. Then the rest of the team comes to warm up. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. I kind of get out there early, tuck away for a little bit, then head back out for the rest of the day. You're coming up from the L.A. area. How long did it take you to realize BYU-Utah was a big deal? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I'm long at all. I mean, um, that that's what, you know, Coach Hart, Coach Hart, uh, Harding, Coach Witt lives on. Um, you know, we don't lose to those guys. And, you know, it's it's, it's pretty much that simple. Um, that's what he, he preaches every single year, every single week, every single day. Um, and, you know, he makes it very apparent. So from for an out-of-state kid coming in, um, you start to understand it. And then, um, you know, we have a video that plays on a loop, constant loop, constant loop of the the football game between us. And then that's throughout the entire football facility for the entire week. And then on top of that, you get there to the game, whether it's down there or up here in Rice Cycles. And then you start seeing all the fans. You start hearing all the noise and everything. And you realize, okay. Now these guys, these guys take that that very serious, and you know it's grown upon me. So it's not even these guys. So now it's like, yeah, I, me and my teammates take it very serious. So there's not really an opposing player or a play or the final score, or something that happened in the first game you played in. You're locked into the rivalry before the first snap of the first rivalry game you ever play. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. You talk about this loop video that's playing. Is that normal for other games that you have during the course of a season? Uh, 
no, 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 it's not at all. They got some like rock and roll music, and you know, it just it gets you hyped, and it's he just harps and harps, harps it in, into all of us. It's part of our DNA. So I mean, you see that video every day. You walk in, and every day you leave, and I got the music blasting, and it's it's no getting away from it. You have to understand that that is you. Nick Ford joining us. He's here every week. University of Utah offensive lineman talking youth football. So when you watch uh, the BYU game Saturday night, which I assume you did, what did you see? Uh, I saw, you know, be- let me see. Let me see. I can phrase this. Um, first off, I was locked into that UCLA LSU game. That game was crazy. I backed the pack. <laughs> My boys over at UCLA handled their business. And then I flipped over to, um, you know, the, the TDS team down south, flipped over to their game for a little bit. Um, my prayers go out to uh, Keenan Ellis. You know, that was, that was a rough hit. Football is a rough game. And, you know, sometimes it's more, it's more than football. I mean, I got friends down there. So, I mean, prayers go out to him. I hope he's healthy, getting better. Um, but, you know, it's, it's pretty much – the same thing as always um you know you don't ever disrespect the team or look over a team they're a team that's fully capable of doing things and we're a team that's fully capable of doing things and you know looking at them you know it's your, your typical big guys strong guys all that stuff um it should be a fun competition you know i'm not i'm not one to talk smack especially with the media <laughs> but um they uh you know they're a respectable program uh, in all honesty, um, you know, they grind. They, their players grind. Like I said, I know some of them, so I know they have the same emotions to this game. And, you know, it should be a fun game. But, I mean, if all all is well and you just handle business, you just will handle business. This obviously is a road game for you. What's it like as a player when you don't kick off until 8.30 at night, whatever it might be, sometime after 8 o'clock, you got to <laughs> sit around all day? Is, is that bothersome? Would you just as soon get out on the field or you just take it in stride? Uh, it's kind of grown on me. Um, you know, it is what it is, especially Pac-12. We have later games. Um, and one thing is like, Every player in the country doesn't like it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to wake up and then have to wait all day to do something. It's like it's like you're a little kid who got promised to go to D- Disneyland at three o'clock. Like you're gonna wake up at six and be agitated and like trying to go. Um, you know, but our coaches do a really good job of getting us to understand that. Um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, could leave the forefront of our mind. The game could leave the forefront of our mind, but it can never leave the back of our mind. And that being said, we don't, you know, sit there and stress over the game the entire day and hype over the game the entire day and be locked in the film the entire time, be locked in this, be locked in that. Because it's just going to burn you out. In all honesty, it'll burn anybody out, um, you know. But at the same time, it doesn't mean we just completely ignore it. So, you know, the the film option is there if you want to watch film. We have our study sheets if we want to study. Um, you know, people talk about the game, hang out. But uh, for the most part, our coaches do a good job of, you know, giving us time to think about football and giving us time to relax. So that way, by the time we actually get to going to the game, we still have that mental and physical energy versus being tense all day. Well, Nick, we're all looking forward to the game Saturday night. It's always a big deal and a lot of fun, and good luck to you in that game. Look forward to seeing it. Appreciate you. Yeah, it'll be fun.
There is Nick Ford from his Monday conversation, and he'll be with us again after the rivalry game Monday morning at 7.30. Samson Nakua, who you heard earlier this hour, will be here Monday at 7. And remember, coming up this morning at 8.30, we've got two tickets to see Utah and BYU play Saturday night in Provo. We'll give them away at 8.30. Coming up next, what is trending? All the headlines are next. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Here's the snap to Brady. They send a safety blitz. Gets about caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Gronkowski again. Fire the cannons. Back goes Prescott. Deep ball down the right side. He's got Cooper on the right side of the end zone. Comes up with the ball and the touchdown. Snap is back. Zerline's kick is plenty long enough, and it sails through. And Dallas leads Tampa Bay with a minute 24 to play. A 36-yard field goal attempt. Far side hash by Ryan suck up to win it. 29-28 Cowboys. Seven seconds left. Good snap. The spot. Here's the kick by Suckup. Is it good? It is good! Bucks take the lead at 31-29 with two seconds left. How about them Buccaneers defending the Super Bowl championship and taking the lead with just two seconds left of the game. And there is the NFL season opener. The season starts with Tom Brady looking awesome. Dak Prescott looked pretty awesome too, but Tom Brady had a minute 24 at the end of the game. So Tampa Bay gets the win, 31-29. People like offense, 108 passes thrown, about 800 yards of passing. That's the offensive show you're looking for, isn't it, PK? How many referees are out on the field? I believe it's seven. Okay, well, it's so difficult to beat 18 on 11. <laughs> Jeez, Tom Brady gets everything favored. Godwin. Michael Jordan came out of his seat and said, how could you not call that? It's a joke. Pushing off. It was also a Dynamic flaw. game. I don't know that you'll have a better game all season, really. <laughs> that was really as good as it gets, right? Early on, the way they were going up and down the field, I thought it was going to take 40 points to win the game. But it ends up 31-29. Bucks get the win. Brady, 32 of 50, four touchdowns. Two of them to Gronk. They've now combined for 100 touchdown passes in their careers. It's a massive number. Baltimore Ravens, they keep losing running backs. Although it's not limited to running backs anymore. They lost a corner, Marcus Peters. Running back Gus Edwards, that's a third running back to go down. And now you look at their depth chart and the former Cougar, briefly, Tyson Williams is at the top of the depth chart. Yeah, I think they're bringing back John Maddy. I don't think they're bringing back John Maddy, but that, that's a reach. That's way back in the day. John Maddy, that's 50 years ago, 50 years plus. But you got to go Colts. Right, to stay in Baltimore. There were yeah. no Ravens then. I get your point. Season-ending ACL tears there. So for Edwards, three Ravens running backs lost. Called in a bunch of guys. We'll see how that shakes out for them. The Pittsburgh Steelers agreed to terms with linebacker T.J. Watt. Four years, $112 million. $20 million, $28 million per year average makes Watt 
the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. Now, there are reports that his agents thought they could get more, but Watt overruled him, went into the office of the Steelers' president, told him they had a deal, then excused himself and announced he had to go work out. Adam Schefter reporting that. You buying that story? You think an agent cooked something up to make the publicist look good, or it is what it is at face value? That's the difference. He's getting $28 million. <laughs> He's I mean, getting... what, who cares what the story is? Now, the next guy... Tell your agent, hey, I'm going to give you what money? You're going to give me what money? <laughs> That's multi-meaning there. That's a lot of cash. All right. This Sunday, they will try to top that Buccaneers-Cowboys game. Will there be a better game all year? Sunday night football, prime time. It's the Bears and the Rams. CBS and Fox both have doubleheaders, so you got a lot of games to choose from. And if you're PK... You got the tickets, so you got them all to choose from. For free, no less. Packers and Saints is probably the best game that won't be on over-the-air TV. So I, you know, I think opening weekend, they're all good. There's no game. you never that, know what storyline is going to yeah, jump there's, out. There's really no game that intrigues me more than the other. I mean, as the season progresses, obviously, that'll be a significant difference. But for now, you pick a game. I could watch any game, and normally we would say Jacksonville, but now that they got Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, <laughs> you that, gotta watch that's on too, the right? list too because we have the connection to Urban Meyer, and we've watched Trevor Lawrence play for three years and to see what he can do. You know, how good can he be because he was just stunningly great in college, obviously. That's why he went number one. He would have been – reminds me of Tim Duncan. When Tim Duncan was playing, remember what Jerry said, when if Tim Duncan would have come out his first year, he would have been the number one pick and the second year and so forth and so on. It's the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. You know, but they had the rule, have the rule in the NFL as far as the three years, the NBA at the time. He could have come, but uh, Duncan chose to stay. And I think that's because the Utes played them his uh, senior year. They had that thing uh, New Year's Eve, I think, at the Huntsman Center. It was a big, big deal. And so it's the same type of principle. Trevor Lawrence, no matter when he chose to come out, once we saw him play as a freshman, he would have been the number one pick. So certainly I'm going to be wanting to watch him play and see how he does in the NFL. So for week one, pick a game, any game. Any game, all of the games, as far as I'm concerned. Jets and Carolina. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that's the that's the morning game on uh, Channel 2. Fox 13 is going to have Seattle, the Seahawks, and the Colts in the morning. Yeah, anyone. Pick, pick a game. There's not a game that I could say, wow, I have zero interest in week one. Big. Baker Mayfield and yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty good the last year. Kansas City Well, Chiefs. obviously, yeah. I mean, I, that took my home. I don't know that it'll happen. I don't imagine, but that's not beyond the realm to think that could be an AFC title game right there. I mean, that wouldn't be shocking. No, it would the not. The Browns are on the come. Yep. So you could throw the, a dart at the NFL schedule and say, I'm going to focus in on this game, and when I throw it, I'd be fine. Broncos-Giants is a late game on Fox. Green Bay and New Orleans is going to most of the country, so that's where you'll find it on NFL ticket, PK. That's that's the game. And then just channel surfing. See what catches catches your eye. Yeah, they all will. NFL kicking off, and then the Bears and Rams Sunday night primetime on NBC. DJ and PK. I think just because we're familiar with with each other, and, you know, me and my little brother played 
I think just because we're familiar with with each other and you know me and my little brother played here at BYU and our oldest brother played at Utah and so there's the family connection there's the friends and you know there's a lot of guys on our team that know a lot of guys on their team and so that's on the field and then you go beyond the field and into households and there's a lot of people that cheer for both and there's a lot of people that have mixed families that go for one or the other school so I think that makes it a lot more fun you know the bragging rights are the the key here we're looking to try to find ways to make our fans happy and that as a coaching staff and as a, as a program and as a team, that's what we want to do. It is a lot different for a lot of reasons. First of all, we're not in the same conference anymore. That's been 11 years now. We don't play it every year. You know, we're taking two years off after this year. We've taken time off in the past, didn't play it last year, although that was extenuating circumstances. The timing of the game, you know, early in the season, typically a rivalry game is, is the last game of the season. So there's a lot of reasons why it, it has a different feel than it used to. We're playing this year, so we got to be ready to go. There are the head coaches on the nature of the rivalry game. 8-15 tomorrow night on ESPN, the Utes and the Cougars. Can the Utes make it 10 in a row, which would be the longest winning streak in the history of the rivalry? Both teams have had nine-game win streaks. I disagree with Kyle to an extent. All the different circumstances, that's leading up to the game. But when the game's on, the game is there. And it is just as intense as always. Uh, So leading up to it, I agree with him 100%. But when they play the game, there's just no doubt about it that the intensity is there. You can feel it in the crowd. It might take, I don't know that it will ever take, ever happen. It could take 100 years. But, you know, I was thinking about this. I have been to every rivalry game except uh, Lavelle Edwards' last game. When I was actually the beat guy for <laughs> the Cougars that year. One time you think you'd really be there. Yeah, yeah, but they were, I was also Ute basketball, uh, much like Jay Drew is doing for the Desert News this year. And so they were playing in Puerto Rico on Thanksgiving Day, if you, everybody remembers I Coach do. Edwards' last game. I was sitting in a hotel bed in Puerto Rico <laughs> watching that. But other than that, I've been to every single game since then and several before then, and when the game is played, I haven't noticed a difference. Maybe it might take another generation or two before the fans feel different because the fans, they're the ones, to a large extent, who make the game feel the same because the intensity and the electricity and all that stuff, all those things you can't really define, but when you're in the stadium, you can feel it. You can just feel that it's different. There's an excitement level that is a little higher. And I don't know that it'll ever go away. Maybe it will, but it's going to take a while because you still have so many fans. There's hundreds of thousands of fans who still remember the time that they were playing in the conference and all that stuff. Who still remember it was the last game of the season. But when the ball's in the air and the game is being played, the intensity, at least from my perspective, I haven't noticed a drop-off at all. And then the post-game celebration, I haven't noticed. Now, it's not you know when you win the Fiesta Bowl and everybody runs out on the field. But that could have been against anybody. It just so happened that it was against BYU. It could have been uh, Colorado. If, if, well, I guess you can't uh, clinch the Rose Bowl bid in the regular season anymore. That's that's kind of a, a downer, you know, because that's always been in the Pac-10. Uh, like the Devils, the year that they went, the first time they went, they actually clinched before the last game. Mm-hmm. And that was a big, big deal. You won't get that because you got to play that you got to get to the conference title game now. One, right. I call it the one-game playoff. Okay. All right, what are your predictions for the biggin? We will get to that coming up on our next segment. A lot of people on social media have already put their predictions down, and PK, this will shock you, but some of them have tried to be funny. Well, I mean, some of them may have achieved that. Others, their wives do think they're funny. I have to give them that. Others clearly have not. 
All right, DJ and PK. It's 90. Oh, one note. Uh, Gunnar Romney officially doubtful to play tomorrow night, according to Kalani Sataki, but I think we largely thought that anyway. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Aggies host North Dakota at Maverick Stadium. It's the home opener Saturday night, 7 o'clock on... Excuse me. Tonight, Friday night, their home opener. thought you tricked me there. No. CBS Sports Network tonight at 7 o'clock. The Aggie pregame show kicks off at 6 o'clock with Scott Gerrard on the call. Tonight, a Friday night game. North Dakota is good. Now, they're not North Dakota State, who's been... Just rolling out championship teams for a decade, it seems like. But North Dakota's still good. They've been in the FCS playoffs two years in a row. And they beat Idaho State in their season opener 35-14. Obviously, the Aggies are coming off the big end at Washington State. It'd be a big old letdown to mess this up, PK. Don't mess up your money game. Well, I can't watch it. I'll be at a little big town tonight but uh, at uh, the uh, Eccles Theater. But they'll have that thing. I'll catch it later. But yeah, absolutely, they got to get that. And the thing about you ever you ever run across people from Montana and the, the, the uh, North Dakota, man, the, the, it's such a it's those, the biggest game in town. Those football games, those football teams are like BYU Utah here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that that means anything to the Aggies. And as far as them losing this game, I don't see it. And it's important that they continue it because their conference schedule, man, they they get some good teams right off the bat. In fact, I think the schedule gets easier as the season progresses. So you want to be playing some good ball right now and get keep going because, and even you know you don't want to just win nineteen sixteen or something. You know it's important to have that momentum going forward uh, because of the schedule that they got early on. Uh, and I think this is this is an important. I don't want to say tune up because that's disrespecting to North Dakota. But I think it's a, an important momentum game because Blake Anderson's trying to build something. It was a resounding success in week one. The defense, I thought, was awesome. And obviously the offense did enough to get out of there with a win, particularly when they needed it the most. They came through. So I'm excited to see the progression of this team. And with the graduate, or not just the graduate, but the transfer portal now, teams can turn it around pretty quick. To your point about uh, you know the conference and the good tests early, they have Air Force yeah. next week, and Air Force is playing Navy, and it's on CBS. So if you're an Aggie fan, you want to do a little scouting Saturday afternoon. Haven't they struggled with Air Force? Yes, I think so. I think there's been some back and forth. I can look that series up for you, but I think there's been some back and forth in that series. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You know, so we got every external factor in the world that is affecting our ability to maintain intensity, play the way we need to play, and practice the way we need to practice to improve. Yeah, that was the quote we were talking about yesterday. There he is. Just disgusted. Nick Saban gearing up for Mercer. I got nothing for you on this game. <laughs> All right, games you have something for. How about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten? Washington and Michigan, Oregon State. Excuse me, Oregon and Ohio State. Is the Pac-12 going to get humiliated, PK? They're going to at least get a split? Well, you got Colorado and A&M also. You do have Colorado and A&M, yes. Not Pac-12, Big Ten, but <clears throat> Pac-12, SEC. So I think there's low expectations for that game. 
I can argue I got low expectations for all three of those games if you want to look at them that way. And that's why I phrased the question the way I did. Are they going to get embarrassed? It's so difficult to say on the surface. I would say absolutely yes. But, you know, it's just one game. If it's three or four or five, it might feel differently. But one game, can they improve? Do they... Do they show a better effort, you know, because college football is funky in that you just pound against each other for three weeks and then you get out there and you play. And so slow starts, sluggishness and all that stuff. How much of that was it or how much of these teams that are overhyped and maybe they're not as good? I'm not ready to draw uh, definitive conclusions yet. Uh, Ohio State, they looked little, I don't want to say sluggish because that's disrespecting Minnesota, but when they had to turn it on, they looked prolific, man. Their, their, their speed is just overwhelming, the quarterbacks, and, and these programs now, what's cool about these programs, not always, because you had Georgia and Clemson was a snooze fest, right? It was a 10-3, to 3. Mm-hmm. but what's cool about these programs that in years past when it would just be, we're just going to dominate you defensively and run the ball, it was kind of boring, but that's not the case now. They got high-flying athletes all over the field, so they can have these massive, big plays, explosive plays, and the quarterbacks can get in there and look like NFL guys. When before, years ago, it didn't seem like that would happen very much, particularly with the, uh, you know, Ohio State, and we know the teams with the the running offense and all that, the three yards and the dust and blah blah blah. Well, that's not the case. So, Oregon and and and. Uh, Washington, they're going to have to match these guys. They're going to have to play a lot better. I, I think they will, though. I feel pretty good about them feeling playing better. I don't know if it's good enough to win, particularly in Oregon's, Oregon's case. case, right? Uh, there are four games matching Pac-12 schools against Power 5 opponents, and the Pac-12 is the underdog in every game. Washington's a 7-point underdog in Michigan. Cal's an 11.5-point underdog at TCU. Oregon is a 14-and-a-half-point underdog at Ohio State, and Colorado is a 17-point underdog at home to Texas a But you're also forgetting BYU and Utah because BYU is a Power 5 team as of this morning. As of, what do you think, two hours the official announcer? Three hours the official announcer? This morning, and they'll, they'll tell you what they're going to do. I don't, I don't know if they're going to tell you what they're going to do officially with BYU TV if they've got that. You know, obviously they've been in talks as far as they want to utilize that, and why wouldn't they? The West Coast Conference did it on a smaller level. So why wouldn't the big, the new configured Big 12? Of course, it only makes sense, right? BYU needs to offer that up, and that's an, that's an advantage. So I don't know what levels of third-tier rights, how they're going to handle all that stuff. I don't know if they'll have that announcement in great detail, but certainly it'll be a part of the, the package that only just makes common sense. Uh, so it's not official, but in a sense, since we can't play the game for another two years after this year, Let's go Big 12, Pac-12 right now. <laughs> and and, it, and it, I think it is something that, uh, particularly if Utah loses, I'm not so sure they can, the Pac-12 can get a lot of credit in this game, but if they lose, they could take a big hit. Particularly if the other games that you just mentioned don't go their way. If you're sitting there and you lose those other four games that you mentioned mm-hmm. and BYU finds a way to win, I mean, that's a major knock against the conference. You can't deny it. Yeah, uh, completely. Whereas if they win, but the other teams lose, it doesn't generate as much buzz. You know what I mean? Well, no, the story will be the other four losing. And then anything else that happens, if anybody else in the conference loses, it'll be added to the pot 
to the stew. Well, I know, but not lose. I'm talking about winning. I, I think you take bigger a bigger hit if Utah loses combined with those others losing as opposed if those others lost and Utah won. Because then you would just look at it, oh, you're one and four, one and five. That's still not good enough. Whereas if Utah wins and the other teams win too, which I don't think is going to happen, I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any stretch, then, wow, as bad as the North was in week one, that would be a major comeback in week two. Oregon and Ohio State, 10 a.m. game on Big Fox, Texas A&M and Colorado following that on, uh, on Big Fox. Stanford and USC, the conference opener, will be on Fox, on Big Fox, at the same time that BYU and Utah are playing on ESPN. So, Computer time. Phone time. Right. Uh, and Washington, Michigan is primetime on ABC. I wish I could say I have a big phone like you did with TV. Yep. You'll work on it. No, I don't. Well, I, I, I need Verizon and I need the techies. I can't work on it. I can't get a big phone. They don't exist. Weaver State and Dixie State, 8 o'clock. That's on ESPN+. Plus. You can stream that, too. Just get it. Just be surrounded by like a half dozen computers. It'd be great. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 3-2. Guerrero swings and he skies one. Out to deep right field. Judge back at the wall. He turns around. It's gone! An opposite field moonshot. From Vladimir Guerrero Jr., his 42nd home run of the season, RBI number 100. Zimmerman, the first baseman, well behind the bag, the pitch. Swung on, line to left field, base hit, Braves win. Jock Peterson with the game winner. Highlights from a light night on the Major League Baseball schedule. Light day on the Major League Baseball schedule. Toronto, though, won their eighth in a row. Throwing themselves right into the wild card mix. They beat the Yankees 6-4. The Jays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, three teams in the AL East, battling for those two spots. And Vlad Guerrero, PK, 42 homers, 100 ribbies. I mean, you knew he was going to get to 100 ribbies, but there it is. Nice round number. Oh, he's, he's no show. Yeah. He's no show, Hey Otani. That's the only thing, though. He doesn't pitch. Uh, At the plate, so he's what? everything you want. Yeah, he's just a great, great young kid, too. I mean, he's got a Hall of Fame career ahead of him if he keeps this up. The startling stat in baseball that only baseball can come up with, you know, the obviously since they've won eight in a row, they swept the Yankees four straight. It's the first time since 1924 that the Yankees have not led in a four-game series. <laughs> At no point did they ever lead. Wire to wire, huh? Every yeah, game. Yeah, and it's the first, 1924. That's what baseball can do for you because it's so old. You can go back that far. 97 just, years. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I think it was the first Yankees uh, sweep of the Blue Jays, uh, 2003. The Jays yeah. haven't swept the Yankees since 03. The first four-game sweep of the Yankees in the Bronx since 2003. Okay. Bo Bichette, who is the son of Dante who's a very good player, was only four years old. But he was the star of the show in Thursday. He had three hits. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they need a little offense because Springer has been injured. Okay, but there aren't that many four-game series for the Jays in the Bronx. I mean, you uh, might go in for a two-three-game series. They? I don't think they have to play one every year. Oh, well, I don't know. All right. Bees and the Dodgers. 
Bees open the series with a 12-8 loss to Oklahoma City. Teams play again tonight. 6.30 Smith's Ballpark. I think there might be fireworks tonight. SLBs.com or listen to the game here on 97.5 The Zone with the On Deck Circle pregame show at 6.20. And we'll be giving away Bees tickets this morning, PK. Look at those. Let's see, yeah. Uh, uh, Post Game Fireworks presented by Larry H. Miller Dealerships tonight. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. And speaking of sweeps, LAFC trying to sweep RSL. They won here in Utah. They beat them in L.A. The uh, game in L.A. was 2-1, to one, but they really dominated. Uh, David Cho was great in goal, or that would have been re- really, would have really gotten out of hand. And he's been injured, but he is, I think, expected back for this one. I think it's more... He won't know until he gets through warm-ups, but it seems more likely than not that he'll be playing in this one. Aaron Herrera, though, is out. Yellow card accumulation, he's suspended, so RSL will be shorthanded there as LAFC goes for the win. LAFC actually, three, despite those two wins, three points behind RSL in the playoff race. Well, Pablo has got a friend in me. <laughs> I, I heard from RSL people after that interview. <laughs> there were multiple staffers listening. <laughs> I actually got one text. I love Jack in the Box. <laughs> really got to the heart. It wasn't of that. about the food at Jack in the Box. It was <laughs> how that was the place where we hung out. And everybody hung out because you meant to at meet, that point yeah. it was the edge of town. There was nothing around, and that was a place to go. And there was a parking lot. There was an old Yellow Front store. I don't know if you remember the store's I Yellow Front. I do remember yeah. Yellow Front. What were yeah. they? Were they uh, like a Kmart type of thing? Oh, yeah. 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 I do, yeah. And so there was a part, there was a store there. So it was in a big parking lot, and the Jack in the Box was, it was just there. In the it's still there. Everything else has changed a thousand times over, but the Jack in the, the box, box is still there. I have no idea if they hang out. I also wanted to ask him if he knew the coach who play, who coached at Cactus High School because they had won eight state titles. Well, uh, we'll have him on again. Yeah, because that was that. My, my the best man at my wedding, as you know. I do. Uh, but we ran out of time because I'm guessing. That he was aware. Yeah, you would think he'd be aware on some level. Yeah. He would know. Being an Arizona guy, he would know. Yeah, and that that school would have been maybe six, seven miles to the west. Yeah. All right, well, we'll talk about that with him next time we have him on. RSL and LAFC, it's a Sunday night game, 8.30, the first kick. And that'll be the first of three games in seven days for RSL. So they're going to have to rotate through guys and use all the subs and all that. All right, DJ and PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Locke, his weekly visit. Brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group, and we're at Murdoch He's Hyundai. He's the big man and himself. Blake walking in on cue. Oh, my. Way to hit your mark, man. Your timing is impeccable. We say Murdoch, and you just blow right through the door. Uh, we're going to have to talk to him about Big 12 basketball. I, I expect he's a little excited about that. Yeah. All right, David Locke will be here at 8 o'clock, and Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker at 9 o'clock, right here on 87.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
BYU legend, Rob Morris. What do you think has to happen for this streak to come to an end Saturday night? What does BYU have to do to win? I think it's going to take a big game from the new quarterback, from Mahal. He's going to have to make some plays with his feet. Turnovers are obviously huge, but you can't get behind quick. you got to be in the game all the time. In these rivalry games, I think they're a little more magnified than a normal game when they get emotional and when the momentum swings and the other guys get rolling. It can be tough to stop them in a rivalry game. So I think that's the key for BYU is some big plays, turnovers. I mean, that sounds like the key to winning every game, but in the rivalry games, you got to keep it close or get a big lead. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Did you hear that, Blake? I'm not going to do that. Just for you. I'm going to do that later. Okay? You're welcome. (laughs) Blake Murdoch is here. We're broadcasting live from MurdochHyundai.com. I was just told to do a read for another car dealership. I mean, we're going to do it. Hey, they're great guys, too. You know? So, it's all good. All right. Uh, We're at 452 South Linden Park Drive, Linden, Utah. Murdoch Hyundai. MurdochHyundai.com online. And Blake is here, and we haven't been here in a long time. You just said it's been too long. It has been way too long. Man, what a, what a wild two years. Almost two years now. Right? So. How come we look older and you don't? <laughs> that is an excellent question. Well, because I'm staring into the sun and can barely even see him. Right That's there. why I switched to the side here. <laughs> That's right. So uh, before we talk uh, sports with you, because we're going to talk sports awesome. with you, uh, the car business is just thank you. You're the best. Uh, I have a human, a human sunscreen right now. Uh, I am curious, the car industry, we've heard. I, I didn't know. I drove past, ironically, the dealership that I'm, I just didn't mention. Uh, just being downtown, driving to work, and I looked over, and they had no cars. Yeah. And it shocked me, which was a stupid thing to be shocked by because I work at a news station. We literally reported, well, there aren't many cars. There's chip issues. Yeah. But it was still stunning to see this lot that I've driven by a lot of times. It's usually full of cars. And there was empty concrete all over the place. And then there were a handful of cars in a corner of the lot. I, yeah. mean, I don't know what there were, 10 or 20 or whatever. But I'm used to there being 100. Yeah. Used so to, I mean, you're used to being like probably crazy. 400. But. Oh, really? Okay. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, is, it is wild. I think people would be interested to know specifically about the auto industry. Yeah. What, what happened? People are saying, why, why all of a sudden can't chips be manufactured enough to, to build cars? Well, essentially what happened is back in March of 2020, when the pandemic really hit hard, mm-hmm. Almost every single car dealership called their manufacturer and said, please don't send us any more cars. We don't know what's going to happen. We were kind of buckling down like it was going to be the recession again, 08, 09. Everybody was reliving that in their mind and, and preparing themselves. Well, then all the manufacturers said, we can't afford to be closed. So they put on the most crazy incentives that the car business has ever seen. And that was April, May uh, of 2020. So dealers are selling more cars than they had ever sold last year uh, at the beginning of the, uh, in the spring. So they went back. So what, what had happened was when the dealers told the manufacturers, don't send us any cars, the manufacturers went to their suppliers and said, we're canceling our orders. So they canceled all of the chip orders. Well, with everybody working from home, laptops, tablets, phones, all of those things that take a lot of chips, they bought up all of that available inventory. And three months later, the auto manufacturers went back to their suppliers and said, okay, we actually need them. And they said, sorry, they're gone. So now there has been this backlog for a year and a half. And the way it looks is that it's going to be through 2023 from everything that we're hearing. Now, 
as you drove in, you mentioned we have a big sign out that says, yeah, I saw yes, the sign. we have cars. I saw the sign, and I thought of driving past the empty lot. Yeah, yeah. so so the, the, the one benefit we have that we we're really fortunate is, is being a Hyundai dealer. Hyundai being uh, headquartered out of South Korea, they have partnerships with Samsung um, and a few chip manufacturers. And because Hyundai is their biggest customer, they've been able to stay ahead of the chip shortage better than any manufacturer out there. So that that has been a real benefit for people who who want to buy a Hyundai, and uh, we're, we've been fortunate enough to to have vehicles. Now we don't have the amount we used to have. I mean, typically you'd come to this lot and there'd be 500 new Hyundai's sitting out there. Really? Right now there's about 100, but with that we're getting between 200 to 250 a month coming in uh, because there's not a huge selection. Almost all of those vehicles that are inbound are pre-sold. So what I would say to anybody who is interested in buying a vehicle, who needs a vehicle, regardless of the maker model, you need to go to uh, the dealership, preferably here, or any, <laughs> any one of our locations, and, uh, and see what is inbound. Put a deposit on a car that's coming in, because if you want to go to, the, to a dealership and drive home with a car that day, it's going to be tough. So that, that's yeah. kind of the, the, the situation the, that we're in. That's the story. Okay. I like hearing that. I was kind of curious about filling in the gaps there. Yeah. Uh, Murdoch from uh, Logan to Linden is right. the tagline. Yes. Yep. From Logan to Linden. And where in between? So uh, up in Logan, we have Volkswagen, Hyundai, and a mm-hmm. full-line GM. Uh, so Chevy, Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Uh, at our kind of mother ship, uh, our Bountiful store, which is Chevrolet. We've been there since 1982. And then our Hyundai dealership in Murray. And, of course, down here in Linden, we have uh, Hyundai and Genesis. All right. There it is. All right. So that's the – and so we're on remote here today. Yeah. So typically you do this twice an hour and come in. So that's that. But I know we both want to talk sports. You got one sports question you want to hit them with to start off? Ready? And? Yeah. Is your team going to win tomorrow? <laughs> So I don't know which team you have. That's why. That, that, that's a good question. It was a loaded question. So another another brief story. Sorry, I'm I'm talking so much. Um, my dad played football at BYU in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a linebacker. Was coached by Fred Whittingham. If you talk to my dad, he'll tell you Fred Whittingham changed his life and uh, you know attributes his success. So even though he's a BYU guy, does that mean he has intense loyalty to Kyle because of the importance of Fred? In so his life? so the plot thickens. Uh-huh. <laughs> After my dad uh, finished playing football, he was a grad assistant and coached Kyle. And because of their, and because of uh, just the family relationship, he he and Kyle have been dear friends forever and ever. So, yes, our 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 family is split. Even though my dad played at BYU, he is intensely loyal to Kyle. Uh, and then you know my brother Ben played basketball at BYU, and he's not loyal to anything red. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, it is. Uh, um, it's. Uh, we're, I think we're one of those families that genuinely cheers for both schools to do really well. I think when they're playing each other, it probably leans a little blue. So, I don't know. I don't know if this is the year or not. They both they both look they look, both look pretty good. So, so given that you do have so much blue in the family, even though there's some red too, the Big Twelve news. Yeah. And given your family's basketball, because you yeah. played you played high school basketball, your yep. brother played college basketball thought of the Big 12 coming to Provo for football is exciting, and the thought of it coming for basketball 
It, it's Baylor's really exciting. Champs and Kansas is a legendary program. Yeah, and K State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, and Texas. Oh Tech. come on! They've all had their you know, I see nothing better than that. Portland and Pacific, <laughs> San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. missed the Pepperdine road trip, though. <laughs> That's right. You know you missed that. There's there's nothing like uh, you know looking forward to Gonzaga and then losing to San Francisco. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it, it it is exciting uh, for for the Cougar fans to of the prospect of, of the Big 12 being here. And I think it's exciting for the Big 12. I mean, I saw, I saw a thing yesterday where uh, the capacity of, of stadiums for football and uh, basketball, it would be the biggest in, in the conference, in both, both venues. So it's pretty cool. Excellent. All right. Well, as always, good to see you. Great to see you, too. And don't drive down to Murdoch Hyundai just to buy a car. Drive down and order a car, Yep. or you're going to end up in a line that you really don't or want. Or order two. Yeah, okay. we we actually I more than probably any any uh, new car dealer in the state of Utah right now. I think we have more inventory than anybody. So you you might be pleasantly surprised uh, for some of the really hot product, the Palisades, the the new hybrid products that are coming out. You know, there's a little bit of a wait for those, but uh, if you get on if you get on the list early, then it'll it'll come quicker than you think. So all right, and you got over one thousand pre-owned vehicles. We do. Yeah, throughout the group, and obviously huge, huge need for uh, vehicles regardless, and so great selection there. All right. Well, good to see you, Blake. Great to see you, too. All Thanks right. for being here. And, you, and you'll be on again in like 20 minutes. So All right, sounds go, good. Don't go too far. Okay. All right, Blake Murdoch, join us. We are live here at MurdochHyundai.com. And the question that PK just asked him is a question we've asked all of you. What are your predictions for the big one? Yeah, we need to tell people, too, and we are at the Linden Hyundai, and we've got some jazz gear. And I should put a hat on so you can rip it off my head. Yes, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Megan has set up some stuff here on the table. I'm looking at different sets of hats, T-shirts. And then we've got uh, vouchers for the bees. And what I got? I got uh, like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them, I think. And the Ford Zone vouchers. Now, that uh, is uh, all you can eat, too. And they expire on the 14th. And tonight's fireworks. So if you want to come down, we can give you, give you them. So show up. And then, of course, DJ, he won't hug because of COVID, but you'll feel it in his heart. <laughs> okay. I'll project. Yeah. I mean, he's that kind of guy. And you'll, you'll know the love is there, <laughs> even though the physical contact won't be. The predictions. Oh, there's some bold ones here. Barry is a BYU fan. I'd love for the Cougars. Break the streak. I just don't see it happening this year, though. While Roger says BYU by 21. 21? Whoa, man, that would be stunning. BYU in a blowout. Wow, I, yeah. When's the last time they've blown out Utah? Cotton Bowl team, 96. That's say, it? Yeah. Back 25 years. 25 yeah. years is the last time they hammered them? Yeah. Everything else is, is dramatic, last second, overtime. And I didn't see that game. The 96 game? I had a very good reason. I thought you'd only missed one since you moved to town. No, no, no. I said since 2000. Oh, okay. Basketball got in the way on that one, too. Oh, really? And it was a a mighty fine trip, I might add. I was on a plane to the Maui Invitational. Well, Thanksgiving, if you're basketball, you're tropical, right? Where were you for Lavelle's last game? Was that Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Sitting in a hotel in Puerto Rico. So you're you're hitting all the all the vacation spots, all the 
All the tropical beaches. Good work. Yeah, the big man liked that tournament. Yeah, I bet. I bet he did. Everybody likes that tournament. <laughs> we had to go to Maui, and it sucked. Said no college basketball I think I went with them ever. three times. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and once with BYU? Once with BYU, yes, yeah. in, in got, 04. Yeah, four trips. Good work. You win again. Yeah. So they haven't had a blowout since – BYU has not had a blowout victory since 96. They haven't had any win since 2009. And that was when you baited Max Hall into that outburst. After the game. Yeah, you baited Max Hall in that postgame outburst. And then what happened? Mom came after you? At the Vegas Bowl, Mrs. Hall, I was doing work for Channel 2. Right, you're on the field doing postgame interviews? Yes. Holding the mic? Yeah, and it's dark, but we have the light. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just going around getting, getting interviews on the field. And she came up to me and let me have it. She was wrong. You have been vindicated, and we have proof. Next, stay tuned. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, my pride and joy. This week's Las Vegas Raiders game against the Baltimore Ravens is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raider. Yeah, the Raiders, man. What a morning. You got the University of Cincinnati president. It's a beautiful morning to be a Bearcat. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're no, Cincinnati a, yeah. Bearcats. Yeah. yeah, they've got the Big 12 logo under it's like Cincinnati. A yeah. So, my friends, it's happening. As I told you, as we told you weeks ago, BYU is going to the Big 12. It is a done deal. It will occur. I don't know how BYU is going to choose to announce it, but it is done. A new day is dawning on BYU athletics. I believe it's a very exciting day for the Division I football! (laughs) It's the Big 12! I'm glad I thought of that. I'm glad Dan Hawkins did that years ago. I know. Dan Hawkins, you were just a man ahead of your time, weren't you? I wish it was at another time, not the morning of BYU-Utah, the day before, anyway, on a Friday. Don't but, don't need it today. No, we're good. No. This is overkill. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about it in the weeks to come, and they'll have some more information. I don't know when they're going to start. I told there's a possibility of football next season. Uh, basketball, maybe down the line a year or two. They'll have, I'm sure they'll have all that information. I, I didn't want to bug my guys to get all the nitty-gritties because then they'll say, quit bugging me all the time. Mm-hmm. But the basic information we've had for weeks now, and it is going to happen, and it's an exciting time. And, and what better way for the BYU football people to win? I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it, but... Uh, if you're looking for any form of motivation, this is the first time or last time you're going to play them uh, for two years, and and this is a sort of now you're an unof- you're officially an unofficial member of the Big Twelve. 
This will be your last game as an independent. Yeah. I would think by, by the time no, they play sure. yeah, again. Yeah, 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 no question. They're going to move up the date on these exits. This is not going to linger Well, I think BYU will be in anyway. Yeah. Because they can go. And the West Coast Conference understood. Uh, yeah. And J. Drew talked about, I saw a thing he had in the D News, that the contracts that they had is uh, get them out uh, with uh, – P5 uh, conference affiliations, if there was at least four teams that were from the P5, well, the Big 12 hits it. I mean, the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas isn't the same, but I still think it's plenty good enough for the Cougars. Absolutely, yeah. So I yelled before the break. I remember once upon a time you yelled for me, Vindication! (laughs) After the Kevin O'Connor story lingered for six months and then the trip wrote that he'd moved to the other coast. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Come on, yuck! Come on, yuck. <laughs> You've been vindicated. You're, Dirk, you're DJ, Derek Jeter. You've been vindicated by Max Hall himself. You didn't bait Max. He was ready to go, and he knew when he walked in the room he was going to go. I knew he was ready to go. Here's Max. I definitely was still seeing red going into that press conference, and I think I remember even apologizing to Duff as I was walking in there. I just said, hey, Duff, I apologize in advance. And he, oh, he that was tried, the other thing oh, I was going to ask. That's legendary. See, I, I, I thought that was like an urban legend. I didn't know that yeah, it actually happened. I'd heard that somewhere that you had said you had given Duff a heads up that it was going to get real, but I didn't know if yeah. that was going to be my next question, if that actually happened. Yeah, I did say that. I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth, to be honest with you. Um, I just know I was still fired up and that's what ended up coming out there it is mrs hall owes you oh it's okay an apology no she doesn't okay look at you take the high road you're the man max went on to say things happen in the moment and that's what that's what he said he said the thing he regretted the most he was really mad at the fans but what he regretted the most was going after the whole universe. Oh, so what? The whole interview's up. You can go here to 1280thezone.com or wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, it was a good interview. He was, really, he was really good. Max Hall was an emotional dude. Max Hall survived at a high level based on guts. He wasn't the biggest. He didn't have the biggest arm, blah, blah, blah. He got to where he played based on his innards. He was just yep. a tough-minded guy, and that's how he succeeded, and so he let it out. Come on. Big deal. whoop de doo DJ and PK, we're broadcasting live from Murdoch Hyundai right now. They've got over 1,000 pre-owned vehicles here. They also have new vehicles arriving every day, and they invite you to come on down and check out the all-new 2022 Santa Cruz and... For over 95 years, Utah has trusted the Murdoch Auto Group with quality vehicles and great customer service. they got a five-day exchange. They've got car washes for life, three-month, 30,000-mile warranty on those 1,000 pre-owned vehicles. And they got dealerships from Logan to Linden covering the Wasatch Front. Check them out online at MurdochHyundai.com or here in Linden. We're here all morning. Jazz gear to give away, 452 South Linden Park Drive in Linden, right off the 1600 North off-ramp. It's Real quick, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and David Locke's coming up next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk with David Locke. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Oh, it's convenient. I know, right? We're broadcasting live from Murdoch Hyundai in Linden right now. We got jazz gear. The Beast tickets are gone, but we got jazz gear. Come on down. Got plenty of T-shirts, different colors. You'll love it. 
David joins us right now on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you, David James? <laughs> I'm good. You're a little too peppy. What's up, Patrick Kinahan? Oh, I'm fired up, man. We're going to the Big 12. It's a big, like, I'm jealous, guys. I gotta admit, I don't very often wish I was hosting talk shows. Um, like, really never. Um, but good. I'm jealous. Me too. This is, uh, <laughs> this, is, um, this is like one of those days and topics where if you're really good and you stretch it out, you can, there's a lot, there's, you know, there's lots. This is one of those. Well, there's a lot of different conversations to be had. And, uh, right. But this is one of those days. But this is one of those days we don't need it. We got BYU Utah tomorrow night. This is overkill, oh, yeah, David. That's bad. This is overkill. Yeah, that's bad. I'd rather have that's overkill really than underkill, timing. though. Yeah, right. Um, it's. I, I think it's a game changer for BYU. It, so the the two thoughts I have is unquestionably game changer for BYU. Um, B, Big Twelve's not what it once was. Sure, Texas, you know, Texas and Oklahoma aren't there, but it's still better than what you have. Independence really an interesting debate like this is actually what I was thinking about like does this happen without going independent like that but it kind of run its course um but it might it, you know in retrospect I think that's a really interesting debate we should probably have um and then I know that everyone only cares about football but for the totality of the student athlete experience at BYU this is way better so um this is a pretty great for all the other student athletes are at the school no, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. And I also think right, from the so Big 12 perspective, hold on so, a second, hold on a second, wait a second. Yeah. For the Big 12 perspective, it's it, it's an enhancement for the student-athlete because BYU is really good at all those other sports you speak of. Right. And winning the Big 12, even if it's not Oklahoma-Texas Big 12 and Texas A&M Big 12, it's still better than winning the West Coast Conference. Yes. Or even competing in that and the matchups and the games. I mean, Kansas BYU hoops is gonna is a lot better than Pepperdine. Twenty thousand strong, man. Right? And national, you know, fine, maybe TV. that's Gonzaga. But then you also have Oklahoma State and you also have Texas you know, Tax and like there's Baylor, like, the national champ. Right, right. Like Texas. I was gonna go with Baylor being Gonzaga and then you got Kansas as what? Loyola Marymount? Okay, well that there we go. We're done. <laughs> All right, I want some uh, thoughts on this. I was like, because I have a personal invested thing in this. I did about a million talk shows just obsessed with the fact that BYU had to go independent, that it was the only answer. And then as I was to happen, I, on a few shows I've gone back and said, well, maybe I was wrong. Like, let's, you know, let's eat crow if necessary. But now, in, now that it's done, do you get a Big 12 invite had you stayed in the Mountain West? Yes. You still do. The Big 12's in a, in a bad place. BYU still had an enormous football stadium. It was full. An enormous basketball arena was full. And had high-profile quarterbacks that people want to watch and high-rated games that are on TV. Yeah, I think they would have gotten I, I think the biggest thing, though, that makes it in a 100% no-brainer 
is BYU ventured independent and was able to get an ESPN deal. How many programs right. of their level could get that? Not very many. SC and Oregon, yes, we get all that. But I wonder how many programs in the Pac-12, if they just announced out of the blue, we're going independent, would ESPN want to have them as a property? And that partnership recognized BYU as a cut above so many different schools schools and I think that was something that played in their favor and plus of course they had easy access to be able to do it and also I think what we need to factor in is this BYU TV is something that the Big 12 wants to be a part of I don't know the entirety of all the details but I can tell you that played an important role that's interesting alright so when David and I were doing talk shows 20 years ago because we're really old if there were 10 kids that were looking at BYU and Utah's football players as recruits, let's say they're 10, nine were going to BYU and one was going to Utah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most yeah, recently, gotcha. it feels like when B Utah went to Pac-12, after a little while, it swung. And I would say right now it feels like eight of them are going to Utah and two of them are going to BYU um, because the environment at BYU is uh, now, I would, I would say you got to put in yeah. Oregon, Stanford, and SC. I was going to say now it feels like four are going to Utah, two are going yeah. to BYU, and three and okay. four are going out of state, and three of the top four are going out of state. Those are facts. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, that's totally true. Okay, so isolated though, just to the ten kids that are deciding between Utah that come down to decide between Utah and BYU, and I think you're 100 percent right. That's not totally the case. Do you think this makes it five, five, six, four? Seven three, and if so, which way? You got to win. So just to be in the thing isn't good enough. You got to win. So yes. tell me, what is the state of the programs right now? The state of Utah's program is in a much better situation. There's no, it's clear cut. It's obvious. What can BYU do? I think the 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 big question for me is, what are they going to be able to do in recruiting? Because that's what you're getting at. And can they branch out? Because we know we've all three of us have lived in the West for many, many years. Oh, not me exclusively, but you two exclusively in the entirety of your lives. Me almost. And we understand in the West, BYU, because of the religious connection and the tradition of the football program, has an extensive rep. Now, can that carry over in more so into Big 12 country? Because if they can, and even if they're not getting the kids from Utah like they, your, your point is that you're making, if they can uh, overcome that and get kids from another part of the country more consistently, then that's going to increase the level of their profile, jumping back to come full circle to your question, then that will help them get more kids in state. And recruiting is only... The, the high school recruit is just a percentage of the – still got to be good at it, right. but the transfer portal is having a huge impact. We thought yep. – certainly I thought Arizona was going to be a disaster. And I thought Arizona was probably a below-average football team, but they were not a disaster. The transfer portal upgraded them big time. I thought Utah State had a long rebuild, and they went and wanted a Pac-12 school in the season opener. So I think – that BYU becomes much more attractive in the transfer portal in the Big 12. And to answer the question, there's still so many factors out there, David. I think they push stop on the playoff purely because the way they were setting up the timing, they were going to wreck the deal ESPN had in place, so they are just going to give ESPN the deal. And the ACC and the Big 10 and the Pac-12 realized, wait a minute, 
ESPN's in bed with the SEC. CBS and Fox will get out if they don't have the playoff. They're going to put the squeeze on us. So they're just holding on to the end of this deal with this current format. I think we're still still going to 12 teams. I think the six conference champions that are the highest rated, I think that could still be kept, in which case the Big 12, you can argue about whether it's Power 5 and how good the Pac-12 is, but both those leagues are going to be set up to get teams into the playoff. But we got to know that that's really how it's going to play out and what the playoff's going to look like. I think it's going to look pretty much pretty similar to what we've just been told, but we're not going to know for sure. But I'm for a also years. being told here as we speak, somebody's been providing me with a little bunch of information telling me that uh, in favor of you that they could have gotten in as a Mountain West because BYU travels so well. The yes. big, big 12 yeah. was extremely impressed with that. Their fan base is playing a significant role in allowing this to happen, which you have to think is true because with BYU you have to make some concessions and obviously Sunday play <laughs> being a big one. I didn't know I was doing homework for the show when I was in the 10th grade or whatever going to BYU-San Diego State games. But watching 10,000 BYU fans show up just automatically, and then 20 or 25 or 30,000 showing up for the Holiday Bowl, and our family actually went to the first one. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way BYU travels, that's incredible. It's like so, an NBA player. All right, so I might be out of date on this one just because I don't follow it the way I once did. But, you know, I remember the days where I looked at BYU's roster, and it was pretty California-heavy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the church is obviously bigger west than it is east. Sure. Right. Um, do you think the one that BYU is going to have to really find a way to schedule one or two California West Coast non-conference games every year? Because at least in that sense, they're recruiting. You know, not those California kids aren't going to want to be playing every game against Kansas, Oklahoma, Central Florida, or whatever Florida just got in. Cincinnati, they're going to want to be able right. to come home a little bit. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't see why the Pac-12 wouldn't want it unless the alliance doesn't allow it because the athletic directors want to make money and BYU helps them make money. Yes, there's right. that. They've also got, they've got four-game schedule with Stanford. I think the intriguing thing here, this will be a new parlor game, and Greg Rubel will be all over this, and so will you and I, David. BYU, depending on what year they start playing football, and, and PK has talked to some people who said, well, there's, there's multiple scenarios so out there. It's 23-24 academic year. Oh, really? Release so, just sent out. Okay. So if you go from there forward, there are some games they're going to have to let go. They're either going to have to cancel them or they're going to have to push them out a few years to spread them out because we're going to have to find out if the Big 12 is playing 8, 9, or 10 games. I would guess 9, but that's purely a guess. Uh, how many conference games are they playing? How many non-conference games is BYU going to have? They've got games scheduled out there, but they do have games in California. They've got four games with Stanford out there. The other, one I'm, in, the other yeah. one I'm interested in this, and I just had a flashback. I remember being at the top of Rice Eccles Stadium for the Pac-10 announcement, or Pac-12 announcement. Yeah. Chris Hill was you know, beaming with excitement and so were the people around him, and Spence Eccles, I think, if I remember correctly, was there, just beaming with excitement. And the coaches were all in the back row, ashen white in terror. <laughs> <laughs> what have we just gotten into? Right, like, oh, my God, we don't have the – this one does – if you're a BYU, Kalani, you know, obviously, like Kyle was sitting in the back, ashen white, too. 
but like Amy was the softball coach. And I remember just looking back, right. And Elaine Elliott shortly thereafter retired. And, um, like, I wonder like how the other BYU coaches or all the BYU coaches are feeling like is Carrie Roberts, the golf coach being like, all right, we're good. We're good. We can handle this salivating. Or are they, or, or are they sitting there saying, Oh God, no, because they're all, they're all really good. Those sports. Yeah, I think they're probably fine, much more than Utah was at the time. Well, and also and the Big frankly, 12, the Big Twelve, the Big is, Twelve is, is, is good. are good, but they're not the Pac-12. No, the, like, the, the Pac-12 is the top, right? In those other sports, in those other sports, yes, absolutely. I remember Chris Hill saying that you could finish eighth in volleyball in the Pac-12 and still make the tournament. Yeah, there right. was one. I mean, there was one year the Pac-12 put like six teams of the eight in the softball college World Series. Yeah, right. It was they've right. all won it. Yeah, I mean, like Lynn Roberts last year, the women's basketball coach at Utah had like a week in which they played like the fourth, fifth, first, and ninth ranked teams in the country, and that was like their uh-huh. four game sequence. Yeah. Like, oh well, that's a pretty good way to make sure that your team has no confidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get better, but uh, yeah, I think BYU and the other stuff can handle it. And uh, football, they've got to cash in now. They've got to expand the recruiting base and get some other kids. And the transfer portal is going to be effective because we all know that a 21-year-old is much more mature. And if you present the rules to him or her, for that matter, at uh, 21, 22, that they can handle that. And they can, okay, I can handle it because it's for a short short time, meaning obviously the non-LDS kid versus somebody who's 17, 18 years old. And that seems overwhelming. That's a foreign environment, particularly if you're minority, because we know, as you put out with your stats yesterday on Twitter, there's not a lot of African-Americans in our state right you know i think it's a little bigger jump on those olympic sports i mean volleyball's gonna be fine right that's elite i think those yeah, other women's ones like soccer women's basketball so women's soccer will be fine but i yeah. still think it's a little bigger jump than we're we're, we're i'll give you women's basketball I'll, I'll give you women's basketball but we're also okay. counting on their program being elevated too because kyle whittingham will tell you a thousand times over that right off the bat they got into homes that there was no way they could get into. And we're seeing it now. We're seeing it with the amount of NFL talent that is essentially a pipeline from the University of Utah to the NFL. How many of those kids would they have been able to get? They got a kid here who's a starting cornerback, Clark Phillips, and he decommitted from Ohio State to come to Utah. Well, if they're in the Mountain West, does he do that? Probably not. So we're counting on a little bit of a surge and a bump for their recruiting because they are now going to be, in a couple years, full-fledged members of the Big 12. And the Big 12, Mr. Locke, I have been told, is not content with these four teams, that they have some aspirations, and they're looking to poach uh, from the Pac-12 if they can do it, if not there, other places. So that Bowlesby, he's been re-energized, and he's fired up to try to make this the best that it could possibly be. So I don't know that this is the entirety of the Big 12. There might be more down the line. I don't know that there will be, but I do know they're going to make every effort, particularly I can't name teams, but just look to the Southwest. Well, and you also make a great – you guys have both made a good point. Like when Kyle and all the other coaches were talking about how to do this in Utah, there wasn't this idea that 35% of your roster was going to come from the transfer portal. Or whatever percent it is. That's right true. Now. And also, so yes. When you're talking, okay, well, we know we're starting football in 23, 24. You know, you know, suddenly the 25 percent of your roster in every single one of these sports is going to be transfer portal kids that now suddenly want to come to. They decide not to go to BYU, or there's, you know, that that makes the 
the adaptation to a higher level much oh easier. for sure yeah 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 and they could start mining that now basically because now they only have one more season because it's the 23-24 academic year i believe it is which means obviously you've only got the 22 football season remaining after this one and so all your recruiting now will be geared toward an entirely different venue and just an, a, a landscape is dramatically changed Right now, and I know they've been telling recruits that, too. That's how I found out about Utah going to Pac-12 is because recruits' parents were telling me, they're telling them, my kid, that you're going to play in the Pac-12. Right. You know, I also think you've made another point that I had not thought about before. Asking a 17- or 18-year-old kid who's high on, not like high, but like high on life because he's a big time recruit and everything else to come who's non LDS to come to BYU and live that lifestyle at 18, like no chance, right? Like things that there's things at 18 that are driving you that like, I'm not giving up asking the 21 year old who might not have just gotten playing time, who actually for two years has done all those things to do it for really for 14 months. Yeah, that's not, that's a very different ask on a kid at a more mature stage. I had not thought about that before, but that's a really interesting and I'll give you an example. You and, I'll, and I'll give you an example. Tyson Williams comes to BYU, independent era, right? Not Big 12, but he's the Ravens' starting running back after three injuries. He was on their team. He wasn't going to be their starter, but he's an NFL guy. You can get an NFL guy at a position that BYU sometimes struggles at, and sometimes they've had really good running backs, but sometimes they struggle at running back. You can get an NFL guy out of the portal at BYU as an independent. So you would think in the Big 12 you could get a steady stream of that, maybe competition. The U.S. has multiple running backs who look good. We'll see what they do you know, against a higher level of competition, but they pass the eyeball test. I think one. what you're saying is pretty much playoffs by 2026. <laughs> tell, tell Kalani that. <laughs> Okay, but about competition going into this league, you're going to love these numbers, Yak. Yak. Well, you'll love these numbers, Yak. But uh, David Locke also, Yak and Locke, Yak and Locke. I only missed by one letter. It's close. BYU, BYU against Oklahoma and Texas, the two teams leaving the league all time six and one. Against the three teams coming in with them, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, seven and one. Not a lot of games against yeah. the rest of the league. Random games a long time ago in bowl games. You know, one bowl game in the 90s against Kansas. Um, K-State, Iowa State, it's all kind of the same. Oklahoma State, two bowl games in the 70s. So what you're saying awesome. is BYU doesn't join the league if Texas and Oklahoma stay. Because <laughs> right. it would downgrade their schedule, their strength of schedule, because they beat them all the time. No, they wouldn't have joined because uh, <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma would have blocked it like they did last time. The fact is, Utah to the Pac-12 and BYU to the Big 12 both hinge on what Texas and Oklahoma do. Because there's a pecking order. <laughs> right. yeah. Those two schools get to do whatever they want, and then everybody else yeah. has to react. So what? In is in. That's right. True story. But again, BYU and Utah, you talk about how different they are, but really, it's how similar they are. They both had to wait for Texas and Oklahoma to decide what they were doing. Right. David, as always, we appreciate it. Um, Who wins the Holy War? Uh, We're both picking Utah. I mean, they don't pick against the streak until it ends. What's the the line? Rarely, it's the line seven, and that's probably about right. If I had to pick, I would probably take the over but i mean you're talking about 10 instead of four okay it's I'm not, not, it's not a not blowout followed. very often it's not a blowout very often right two years ago I you had an 11 win team and they won comfortably they went very comfortably two years ago and they had 11 okay. win team 
two final things, and then I know I, I know Yach wants me to go. Um, I haven't watched either team. I don't know a player on either team other than I hear Britton Covey's like in his 11th year, so I still know him. Um, <laughs> what are three things that I should keep an eye on watching in this game? Can BYU run the ball? Because they've okay. got a, a young, inexperienced quarterback. He looks talented, but if the whole game rests on his shoulders – I would mm-hmm. think that would make Kyle Whittingham and Ute fans really happy. So Tyler Algiers, Tyler Algiers is a good back, but are they going to be able to run the ball against that Ute front? So I'd watch for that right away. Give him a couple more. PK, one you're hot. Well, yeah, it's your show, too. you got one more. <laughs> That's one. Give him one thing you're going to watch for. I want to see BYU's tight ends involved more so in the offense because they're wildly talented. I think they got the two potential NFL dudes on there, and so they didn't use them that much against the Wildcats. So what can they do there? And then from Utah's perspective, or from BYU's perspective, keep an eye on Devin Lloyd because he might be the best player we've had in this state in a long time. Who's this? Their linebacker. I think, is he zero? Is that his number now, Devin Lloyd? Yeah, yeah, number zero on okay. the defense. He is just a big-time stud. He he might be, I, I don't go that far back, uh, the best linebacker in the state since fill-in-the-blank, uh, some BYU stud somewhere. Kyle Whittingham? <laughs> well, guys who played a long time in the NFL. Well, Kirk Gavea played and for a decade. He who's the guy, best lineman we've had? You know, like. Uh, lineman? Boy, someone, that's a, which, which, which side? Either side. Either side. Like Star Lotulele was a for a long time. Uh, Jordan Gross, uh, John okay. Tate. No, I was saying defensive lineman. I was thinking the other oh, side. Defensive Jason lineman. Buck won the Outland Trophy and won a Jason. Super Bowl. All right, so, so Buck and then Ellis <laughs> after that. Good. That's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ellis yeah. is more recent. That's the best. Yeah. yeah. And he, we All right, one more, one more thing. Watch, watch, you, watch Utah's quarterback, Charlie Brewer. Last thing, then we really have to go. But he threw for 9,000 yards in the Big 12, but Big 12 defenses are bad. As PK points out, Tulane just scored 35 points against Oklahoma. And he was 15 for 15 in the spring game, but it's a spring game. Try not to snicker. And then he was really good against uh, – the problem was the drops, actually. He was really good against Weber State, but obviously they're a big sky team. So you can't, yeah, butt him forever. At some point he's a really good college quarterback, but there'll be a lot of emotion in this game. And will he remain as pinpoint accurate as he's been? So watch for that. Okay, I will. All right. David, well, you thank you. If you're in Murdoch Hyundai, let me know. I'll come down. I'll drive my Hyundai down. Say hi. <laughs> Blake, likes right now. Blake likes that. He's sitting right here. Way to go, David. Well, David say hi to Jason. On, say hi to Blake for me. Say hi to Jason Creech. You're at the Murray store, right? No. We're, we're in Linden no, today. No, Linden. Oh, you're in Linden. Oh. It, I don't know if they have any on, because it's like the most popular car ever, but go look at that Palisade. It's incredible. It's like, it's dreamy. It's incredible. I think DJ we do have one here. One. We do have one here for people to see, David. So we appreciate Ooh. that plug. Go look at those. And I won't. Yeah. I won't lie to you. I don't mind the thirty-five miles a gallon I'm getting on the Sonata right now. That's not a bad thing right now. That is not a bad thing. Thank you, David. Wait, do you need me to do the Murdoch read right now? <clears throat> no, hey, we have Blake sitting right here. I don't know if David know, does it I, so Blake well. Blake and I can do so. Passionate. We can, uh, you know, Blake and okay, I can go, do it. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. All right, so Blake, the Elantra wins North American Car of the Year this year. Tell me about that. Unbelievable car. If, if you haven't had a chance to see it, the design on it alone and the technology that it comes with, is uh, it, it's second to none. There isn't anything in its segment that even comes close, including a credit card key 
you know, keyless entry and uh, and accessible through your mobile phone. So just one of those super cool features. And then, of course, if you want the hybrid version in that Elantra, uh, I mean, you're you're near 50 miles per gallon and in the most sporty looking car in that segment. So just a few things. I've always been blown away with all the Hyundai's I've driven about all the technological advancements. In fact, uh, I test drove one and it had that you pushed the uh, turning signal and it turned my miles per hour into a camera. So I don't have to look back and take my eyes off the road. I can just keep it and see what's in my blind spot. I end up buying that car solely for that feature. What are some of the other incredible Hyundai features that are out right now? Yeah, blind spot cameras is one of those super cool features. But uh, one of my favorites is is how... Uh, autonomous these vehicles actually drive um, you know Tesla Tesla gets the uh, gets the award for the best hype but as far as actual features and functionality you get a new Hyundai Santa Fe or Tucson the features that come standard that will drive your vehicle for you uh, are just unbelievable I'm currently driving a Sonata like you and when I have to commute from Linden to Murray there's two buttons I have to push, one that keeps me in the center of the lane and one that keeps me, keeps the distance between me and the car in front of me. And I, I might as well take a nap on, on the way because it, it does all the work for you. It's, it's just unbelievable. Hmm, Murdoch Hyundai in Linden in Logan, also at 4646 South State Street. Check it all out. What are some of the special deals for people right now going on if they're interested in a, in a Hyundai right now, Blake? I'd say the most uh, enticing deal right now is 0% for five years. Uh, on most of the inventory. Uh, the other thing that I think is really uh, interesting with the shortage of new vehicle inventory everywhere, regardless of the make, uh, is that it is really tempting and justifiable for dealers to mark up their vehicles above MSRP. And I, I mean, I, I get it because there's not a lot to sell and you gotta, you gotta be able to make up for the, lo- the, the loss of volume. Uh, that is something that we don't do. Uh, we we uh, don't ever charge over MSRP. And that being the case, we have people calling us from out of state when they see our vehicles listed online because it is genuinely the best deal that they can find on these super hot products. So I think that's the best deal and, and knowing that we're going we're gonna to be here to take care of them. So. DJ and David. PK coming up with more on the Big 12, more on the Holy War, and the Jazz season starts in 20-some-odd days. It's all coming up. We're live at Murdoch Hyundai in Logan, Linden, and in Murray. It's DJ and PK on 1280 The Zone and 97.5 FM. Ready, we go! The long decade of independence for BYU is finally over. Let's go! Hey, 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 hey. As the Cougars are Big 12 bound. Keep it locked on the Zone Sports Network for all the latest breaking news. As the Cougars make the transition to the Big 12, your home for the best coverage of college football in Utah is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're broadcasting live this morning, MurdochHyundai.com. We're at Murdoch Hyundai in Linden. You can check them on, uh, online at MurdochHyundai.com. We're at 452 South Linden Park Drive in Linden. And we've got jazz gear. Oh, I see the blue shirts are gone already. Well, we've still got multiple colors here. So stop on by, grab some jazz gear, say hi, rip the hat off PK's head. And get a, not a literal hug, but, you know, kind of a, what? A long, a long distance hug. Yeah, an emotional hug from DJ. Yes. And you'll just feel the love. 
I mean, he just has a way of doing it. It's incredible. All right. We got, we got Ute gear walking by us in Linden. Nice. It's allowed. It's a rivalry game. It's on. It's on. You know what else is on? Tickets. We have tickets to see Utah and BYU tomorrow night in Provo. 8-15 kick, and Yach is going to take caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE for tickets to see BYU and Utah tomorrow night. If you don't win now, keep listening all day long. There will be more tickets later today. Well, PK, the game is a big deal, but BYU to the Big 12 is a big deal. A we are awash deal. in big deals. Yeah. How's RSL going to do? <laughs> LAFC Sunday night. We'll let everything calm down. Oh, that's good. At least it's not tomorrow. Right. Yeah, you said 8.30 Sunday night. 8.30 Sunday night. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm their biggest fan now because of Pablo. But uh, <laughs> You went to the same high school as RSL's interim coach. And he's got a good. He played along, too. Uh, yeah, this is just gigantic news for BYU. Now, what does it mean in the short term? You know, because if they don't win tomorrow night... Uh, that sucks for them. <laughs> so they've got to find a way to, to bre- break this streak, ride this little momentum that they're going to have. Uh, the, the place of BYU community has been energized. This is what they've been looking for, and they got it a, a long time. And it proves that going independent, I believe, was absolutely the right decision. At the time they made it, I supported it 100%. And I believe that is the whole thing that they did it for, you know, for exposure. They weren't getting enough in the Mountain West, and so they left that behind. And you got to get with the times, and this is a changing environment, and for the Cougar Athletic Program, this is the right thing to do right now. And now they've got to uh, have these conference uh, foes and members and all that stuff, brothers, whatever you want to call them. They've got to have them do well because it's not like – it's not as good right now as Utah going into the Pac-12. But it doesn't mean that it can't get there. And as much as it pains me to say, possibly overtake it. I don't know that it could be done, but there's a possibility. At least, however this shakes out, at least now we're much more in the same ballpark. I mean, this the, this streak, in part, there's a lot of there's I mean, there's a lot of players, and obviously Kyle deserves a lot of credit, and his staff deserves a lot of credit. Man, you're recruiting with the Pac-12 logo over your shoulder, and you're recruiting as an independent. That's not a fair fight. No, we now, saw it. Now you put the Big 12 logo over the shoulder. How much does that close the gap? There are Ute fans who would could probably call eight five five three four zero zone right now and say nothing changes. You Certainly, know, as long as Kyle is there, and that's a good argument, and it's an argument that will rage on because after they play tomorrow night, they're not scheduled to meet. Well, I don't know that seasons. Kyle will even be there now. He won a coach in a Big Twelve. <laughs> it's the Big Twelve, brother. It's <laughs> Division One football. And, and I'm being told, you know, the money if uh, BYU will be included now in the Oklahoma Texas buyout, so they'll get some more financial. Wow, that I was always wondering about. And I always thought that that was. <laughs> A little cool in the gang. Celebrate the payday. I always thought the remaining eight for the pain they went through might hold on to that money by themselves. That's how much they wanted BYU. I'm being Come told on down and we'll give you a share. They made big concessions. They really, really wanted BYU. Like when you saw Honey and you knew you had to have her, <laughs> same time. <laughs> 
not getting the same reaction here, PK. I am too. Bodily noises got a bigger laugh than that. When you saw Honey, you knew you had to have Let it go, PK. No, I check right here, Megan. She's turning. She's blushing. Now she's really blushing. Now that you called her out by name. She will never work a morning show again. She called me out by name during the break. Oh, she she just gave you a look. She called me out in the break. Wow. Wow. She chasing me. No, she can. I know, like it's that, one of those uh, DJ, I mean, movies. what are we doing? We're, we're downplaying she just love? On the plane. It just. What's wrong with you wanting honey in a love sense? That's beautiful. Movies were made out of that. Spin it, PK. Spin it. Easily. <laughs> now, now she shrugs. Now the whole rest of the show will be making a reaction. You know what I'm doing right now? You say spin it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you're spinning a bottle of water. I got it. <laughs> so you get it spin the bottle? Yeah, I did. I did get it, yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sometimes you're a little I know. slow I didn't in get the Marshall. I didn't get Marshall Falk. <laughs> I didn't get that, but I got the I didn't know you were Don Juan over here. spin the bottle. <laughs> so you were making a point. They wanted them that badly that they they're did. offering them the Oklahoma, Texas, whatever that buyout money turns to be, and maybe uh-huh. maybe behind the scenes they have a little better idea than we do. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure they do. I'm sure Tom Homo has uh, the answers to just about every question uh, going forward, and they understood that the, this thing they, they because it was not an. E- I don't. I don't necessarily know that it was a no-brainer. Utah to the Pac-12 was a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, whatever concessions you want to give us, fine. Here, I think BYU, two things. It wasn't a no-brainer, plus they were negotiating from a position of far more strength than Utah was. Utah was coming pretty much no matter what. BYU had to figure out that it was the right thing to do, and obviously they did. And they were de- they were negotiating from a position of strength more so than Utah was, and that doesn't discount Utah a great move, and they're a premier football program. See if they can get their basketball program going, and I think they can. <clears throat> I have a lot of confidence in Coach Smith. But football, they're already there. They're a premier program in the conference. So uh, I'm not downgrading what Utah did. It's just BYU was in a better position. They had uh, another option, and plus I think the Big 12. And the Big 12 didn't have as many options. They needed BYU once Texas and Oklahoma left. They needed... And I know you fans are going to get upset, but this is what I'm being told. They needed more of a national brand once Oklahoma and Texas left because those two have it. BYU has it on a level that is equal or surpasses anybody in the Big 12 on a national scale. You can argue that till you're blue in the face, but I just don't know why you would. Because <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Now, the, I mean, the, they, remaining, the remaining eight were really vulnerable, and they talked to the Pac-12, and certainly if the Pac-12 had offered an invitation, I think yeah. a couple of them would have skipped town in a heartbeat, and then the other six would have been more desperate. And so they are negotiating from a position of weakness that the Pac-10 never was. Precisely. Ever. Precisely. Ever. Yes. You know, the Big 12's in a tough spot here. And every brand, they've landed for a reason. And, you know, to BYU's... Um, national brand and everyone Tom said this a long time ago that everybody knows everybody else's resume all the TV networks and all the conferences 
No. Oh, by now. Yeah. No. Well, even then, in, in the last go-round, he was saying, it, there was so much work done well, that before led the, into it. the 2010 stuff. I'm saying, yeah. Right, that when they looked at it in 2017 yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. that right, was, right, right. it was just updating and tweaking what they already knew, and this was updating and tweaking what they already knew. So they know the numbers, and they know the size of the student body and the amount of alumni that UCF are cranking out, and they know the recruiting hotbed that UCF and Houston provide. So, you know, all these things are known, and the Big 12 had to go and get them. And to your point, it would do a, whatever it did for the Big 12 financially, what it would do for the Big 12 psychologically and the PR win that they would get if they were able to pull teams away from any of the other four leagues for whatever reason, that would be a big deal. Uh-huh. Because right now they're viewed as fifth. Now, maybe that changes next week because they announced some other school and are like, Wow, they left there for the Big 12. Why'd they do that? Let's look at the Big 12 differently. We'll see if they can pull it off. I'm not convinced they can. So you move the Pac-12 up a notch? I would think right now that the Pac-12 is three or four, depending on what you're talking about. Clemson is, three, huh? Clemson is propping up the ACC big time. You can't say it's, they just have one good team, because right now that means so much. But after Clemson football... The ACC's locked into a long-term TV deal. That is not good. You know, the Pac-12, for all the issues they've had with direct TV and distribution and the amount of money they're getting, they've got a chance to change it in three years. Yeah, the, they will. The, the ACC is, barring something that I can't foresee right now, the ACC is a decade and a half yeah, away from but changing I, I, that. True, but I still think you have to factor on the field performances. And Clemson, what Clemson is doing matters a lot. But they don't have much after Clemson. Mm. Okay, but what does Pac-12 have? They don't have a Clemson. <laughs> they don't. USC and Oregon haven't pulled it off. Mm. And those are the brands you expect to pull it off. And, you know, anybody else could, too. Clemson wasn't Clemson until they started pulling we it off. We lost to Montana. This is yeah. a bad week to bring this up. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. That one yeah. hurt. Yeah. That one hurt a lot. Hey, I think you're pretty good. I'll nationally rank you. Yeah. You lost to who? At, At home. home. Yeah. Yeah. That was a horrible loss, and it was a horrible weekend, and it just reinforced what everybody thought. And there's four more games that could reinforce it before the Utes even kick off. The Big 12 is there for the taking as far as advancing up the totem pole. Whether they will do it or not, I'm not sure, because these programs, they're bringing in solid football programs right off the bat. You brought in Colorado. Colorado sucked right off the bat. They sucked before, and they sucked after. Had one good year in a decade. Yeah. That's what they brought. And as I look at these programs that are coming in, they're much stronger in their entirety than Utah right. and Colorado. It's also been brought in that the, the Pac, some Pac-12 schools still have upside, whereas a lot of these schools are at their all-time peak. Now, maybe because Central Florida is such a young school, hey, their all-time peak – they're still going to go up. The arrow could still go up. You know, but Cincinnati is playing the best football they've ever played in this uh-huh. last decade. Okay, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, more on BYU to the Big 12, more on BYU and Utah, the rivalry game, 855-340-ZONE. You can hop aboard anytime you want. The news is official, breaking this morning. The four teams we've all heard about are in. We had David Locke on earlier this morning. We've already given away BYU-Utah tickets. There's a lot going on this morning, and we have got more to come. DJ and PK live from Murdoch Hyundai in Linden. we got Brian Keel, the former BYU linebacker, at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. 
And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Holy War is here. Kalani Sataki and the Cougars look to snap Utah's winning streak at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Final location near you at mountainland.com. So your phone's blowing up over there, PK, and we got people who are just hopping in their car and getting to work at 9 o'clock and may have missed something. What have you heard this morning, the most intriguing stuff you've heard as you've uh, gone back and forth with BYU people this morning? Personally, I was surprised when you said that BYU was going to be included on the Oklahoma and Texas payout. That was surprising to me. I thought the remaining eight had to put up with Oklahoma and Texas, and they'd hold on to that cash themselves. Everybody knows you want BYU. You got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't come cheap, man. You know? They, they cost. You're going to take BYU out on a date, you better have the credit card. So I think that's the obvious. If you want to dance with BYU, sure. But it's like those old Italian weddings I used to have. You get to dance with the bride, but you got to put a little something-something in the hand. You know what I mean? (laughs) I saw The Godfather. I do know what you mean. (laughs) Oh, look at that bag of cash, model. (laughs) So he got that going. Uh, They really believe that it can... Uh, help their recruiting immensely. Mark Pope has told them. Mark Pope has outlined guys that he thought he could have got, but he didn't get because they were in the West Coast Conference. He's already given them a list of guys. He's told them we could have had this dude, this dude, this dude, and I don't know how many, and I'm not. I don't know who specifically, but I do know he's told them that. Mark Pope. This guy is on a scale of one to ten at seven in the morning. He's a twelve. So now he's going to be about a 15 or 20. So they're really excited, and I am super excited to see what Mark Pope can do with this program because I think he's already done some great stuff, and it's just been you know, a couple of days, basically, that he's been in charge of the program. So going forward, they believe that the basketball program is going to be helped immensely. They believe that the football program, they believe that they're going to go hard on these in-state kids and they're going to be able to sell it. Whether now, this is not me saying I believe it. I'm saying this is what they believe, and what they have told Tom, and what they're excited about. Now I've already had some communication uh, saying, "Hey, you know, you guys are going to have to step up your game." And I was told, "Yeah, that uh, Jayhawk defense really scares us." <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> nice. You know, you gotta have you gotta maintain a sense of humor. So it's 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 all exciting. Then you've got all the stuff you know financially, and the concessions on the Sunday play. They're they're going to do that. Obviously, that's a that's a what do you call it, a non-starter? Is, that, that's not an issue. I mean, it, I don't want to say it's not an issue. That's not right. But it, it, football is such an important issue. It's not an and obstacle. Sunday play is not an obstacle to football. Well, for football zero. So yeah. everything else 
You just figure it out. Except because football is eighty-five percent of these TV yeah, deals, I, I and think, you can't get buried. I do think it'll be a little bit of an obstacle because, as you know, they play the national title game on Monday, so they wouldn't be able to practice the day before. Okay, you know what I'm saying? All right, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that, Coach. <laughs> All right, Blake, Blake Murdoch is Blake Murdoch is a guy who thinks big. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he, he, he also <laughs> likes to watch people BS and screw around. Why he's had a good time for the last two minutes. Like, right. He's like he's listening like, that's a serious point. That's a serious point. Jeez, oh, PK. I mean, you can just read it on his face. Blake, when they can me from this, don't worry. I'll come work for you guys. Oh, and man, we'll, we would We'll move that. all sorts of cars. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we're at Murdoch Hyundai. We are in Linden. You can check them out online, MurdochHyundai.com. And the issue for uh, people buying cars is that there aren't that many cars to buy. And you outlined quickly this morning, I found it really interesting why, and, and you know, you know how this works, right? I mean, you have something to sell. Well, ours is the best. Why is it? But when you were able to lay out for us, why it is you have more cars than most dealers, it actually made a ton of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, it actually, uh, we've been very fortunate. Hyundai, Hyundai had a lot of foresight to, to strategize the way they did. And, and uh, you know, long, long scenario short, basically, when everybody else canceled orders, Hyundai said, we're not going to cancel anything. And because their, ma- their relationships with chip manufacturers in South Korea, they've been able to continue to build vehicles when most manufacturers have it, including other manufacturers that, that we represent as well, you know, GM and, and Volkswagen. It's been, it's been tough. Uh, with Hyundai, fortunately, uh, we have uh, quite a few vehicles on the ground available, uh, as well as a really helpful pipeline that are coming in uh, on a weekly basis. So, so you still suggest pre-ordering cars, though? Absolutely. I mean, we, we do have vehicles available, but uh, for those really sought-after products, the new Palisade, the new Tucson, the new Hybrid Tucson, the new Elantra, there's so many great products that are truly cutting-edge and unbelievable bang for the buck. Uh, they're hard to get your hands on uh, today, but coming down here, we have all of those vehicles available to see and drive, so you at least know what you're getting into, and then, uh, and then putting down a deposit to be, able to, to be able to get that car here in the next few weeks. So David Locke came on and absolutely drooled over the Palisade. I mean, it was, it was borderline <laughs> embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> Thanks, but David. <laughs> he loves that car. Why do people love that car? The size and utility, especially for these uh, Utah families, seven, seven or eight passenger vehicle, uh, incredibly good looking. The technology in it is unbelievable. Uh, and the price point is thousands if not tens of thousands less than what you're looking at for the competition so i mean it's just it's it's tens hard of, to describe tens of thousands yeah wow i believe it why are you so skeptical <laughs> because of what cars cost tens of thousands and it's an awesome yeah, but car. i know blake murdoch and the murdoch family <laughs> to be reputable and he would never lie to me that's true, PK. I would right. never lie to you. No. Especially not to your face. DJ, that's another story. <laughs> but to me, no. Yeah, this, this Palisade, I mean, to, get, to give you an example, uh, to buy a, a new Chevy Tahoe, which we sell and love. My, my wife drives one. She loves one. We have, we have a lot of kids, so we need a little bigger vehicle. Uh, you know, in the 80s or $90,000, uh, a fully loaded Palisade is just over fifty. And it is tens of thousands. It, it I can has, do the math. It has every option imaginable. So it's, it's great. 
All right, you've also got uh, pre-owned vehicles to choose from. So throughout our group, we recognize people still need vehicles. They need transportation. And when it is harder to come by these new vehicles right now, we have over a thousand used vehicles in stock throughout our group. You know, that's uh, our dealerships in Linden, Murray, uh, Woods Cross or Bountiful and, and three up in, in Logan. Uh, with over with with that selection, we just want to make sure that there's something available for everyone, regardless of what they're looking for. All right, MurdochHyundai.com. Check them out online, and you can always stop by. You want to hit up the address for? Well, here we're at 452 South Linden Park Drive there you in go. Linden. I'm going to wait on this. Murray, 4646. That's right. Good job. Well, you got a good number. That's right. I mean, 4646 South State. That is a good number. Plus, we've been there a hundred times. Yeah. The Stop other thing, it, PK. You're not helping there. <laughs> the other thing I would I would recommend if you haven't one of one of our signature things is we do uh, lifetime car washes. Yes. Well, when when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. prior to that, we'd have standing room only in our waiting room for people to get their car washes done for free. So we had to close that down and everything was kind of shut down. So instead of going back to that, what we decided to do is just build one of those huge drive-through oh, really? state-of-the-art car washes. Yeah. So uh, here at our uh, Linden campus, uh, the construction is being finalized. It'll be, it'll be operational here in the next few, few days. And uh, incredibly exciting, especially for our customers, because service customers, anybody who's bought a car from us from any of our locations, anytime you want, as many times as you want, come get a free car wash. And uh, it's state-of-the-art stuff. So we're excited about that. Nice. Just sit in your car and roll right through. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the same here. My guess is it is. But when we would go to your Murray office and I would get my oil change, you guys would wash the car. I don't know how you did it, but it was always the best car wash. They're awesome. Yeah. I would cry when it rained. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Well, Blake, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us down. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you being here. All right. You're the man. Blake Murdoch, Murdoch Hyundai, 452 South Linden Park Drive in Linden, right off I-15. On and off real quick. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're talking with the former Cougar, Brian Keel. Coming up next, BYU to the Big 12 and BYU hosting Utah tomorrow night. Stay with us. This week's Raiders game against the Ravens is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. <laughs> I love the way you say that. <laughs> I always do that at work because you know I'm, uh, one of our sports producers, Tim Peterson, is a huge Raider fan. and we, I don't know why that happened, but it happened now. Everyone in the sports office does it all the time, but I, I do it the I, I do do it quite a bit. The Raiders. All right, it's time now to talk BYU football with Brian Keel. He could not be showing up on a more exciting day. He is joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property. Concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation? Find out more at smartrain.net. Brian, good morning. Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) Impeccable timing yet again, Brian. Good job, buddy. (laughs) Oh, man, what a day. What a day to be alive, my friend. What a day. (laughs) What does this do for BYU football? Oh, man, this is like just getting pulled out of the gulag and put into, you know, relevance and prominence and nice, comfortable, cushy robe of inclusion pulled around us and 
it's just it's just indescribable. Just you know, this is what nice. BYU fans have hoped for 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 yep. ten years now. Yep. Kevin Nixon, I think, speaks for a lot of former BYU athletes this morning when he tweets out, "How do you know you are old when you played for BYU four conferences ago?" Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> the whack to the Mountain West, to Independence of the West Coast Conference, depending on your sport, to the Big 12. What a long, strange trip. Yeah, what a journey. Independence has um, been um, many things, and I don't think there's anybody who is sad to see it go. So today is a good day. I think the big thing that the fans and you're, you you kind of have yourself in both spots. You're a fan and you're an alum of the program and a distinguished alum having played in the NFL. So your opinion from the alumni perspective of the football alumni carries a lot of weight. And one of the things that we need to see now is an increase in cr- recruiting, particularly in the in-state, because it's been a double whammy. You're not getting the guy, and the guy doesn't – some of them go to Utah, but some of them go out of state, as you know. And guys that you know, probably their sons you're aware of, have gone out of state. What can you estimate this doing for recruiting now, particularly in-state, when the state of Utah, just from the time you've played to now, is just tenfold in terms of producing Division One talent? So, perfect example. Um, one of one of my brother's best friends um, is Sean Hagen. His son there is a receiver. Yeah, yeah his yeah. son is receiver at, at Corner Canyon High School, one of the top recruits in the state right now. Uh, so, yes. we're really good fr- friends with him. I was talking to his dad, Sean, um, just a couple of weeks ago and, and you know he was his son is really trying to decide where where should he go where should he go and he's trying to narrow it down he's got usc on the table michigan on the table stanford on the table and of course utah and byu and um and he's still undecided last i heard last i talked to him does this does this change that it absolutely changed the calculus and i don't know that this now he's going to go to byu and that's not what i'm implying or insinuating but it changes the calculus and that's a perfect example of one of the top recruits, an absolutely phenomenal football player, super talented with speed, something that we need at BYU. And, and that's the type of thing that, just like you said, those kids, the top recruits, they've, they've been going to Utah, and they've been going out of state. And you add this, this formula to the mix of being in the Big 12, and it absolutely helps us in terms of recruiting. And really in the last 10 years, that's where we've kind of been left in the dust. Um, our, our recruiting has not kept up, and this helps us. It doesn't solve all of our problems, but it absolutely helps us. The money that will, will come into the program in terms of facilities and coaches and, and resources, it just it buoys us up. It's a, it's a big day. Well, that's an interesting question there because uh, BYU, as we have covered many times on this show, uh, pays below market rate, and they'll tell you that, and they're proud of that. Now, I will say that they pay a certain percentage of market rate, and certainly they're paying a lot more than they paid in Lavelle's day, so it's not that it doesn't go up because it does, but how much more money does BYU spend in the Big 12 era, and how will it stack up against what everybody else in the Big 12 is spending? Yeah, and that's you know we've talked about this on the show before, and and the the decision makers at BYU they kind of have to decide how competitive they want to be, and and it comes down to money. It comes down to not just money, but all resources. So time, effort, emphasis, priority. You know those are all resources, and money is is obviously a big or or the biggest one of those. And 
if you want to compete on the national level and be relevant, it takes those resources. It takes money. And, and so they kind of have to decide, and they'll have more money at their disposal in, in, in the next 10 years, certainly more than they've had the last 10 years. And so I hope they, they open up. I hope they loosen up a little bit and start to be competitive in their allocation of resources because that will absolutely help us to be competitive on the field. And there's so many, you know, the technology and, and um, you know, nutrition and there's all these other elements that are in college sports nowadays. And, and in order to compete, you have to, you have to incorporate all of those aspects. And I hope they do it. And I think if they, if they do, you know, BYU can get back on the national stage where they used to be. You grew up in the faith, so adhering to the standards was just second nature. It's something you did your whole life, so it was no big deal. I'm wondering what you think now as far as this being a Big 12 going. And we know that the stronghold with the LDS Church is in the West, and people are familiar with it to one degree or another. So they're already going to be able to recruit here uh, from the Western region. How about now, Big 12, the prominence therein as far as getting some players who may be not of the faith in Texas, Oklahoma, wherever there might be, looking forward to going more east, not necessarily changing, but plucking some more talent from that perspective in addition to obviously where your backyard is in the west? Yeah, so I, I went to uh, the Arizona game last week with my college roommates, uh, team, teammates, Kellen Fowler, Corby Hodgkiss, Corby was a safety for us. He, came, he grew up in Texas, played Texas high school football, came to BYU. He's back in Texas. He's lived in Texas since graduating BYU. And, and we, anyway, we talked about this possibility, you know, last weekend, and we're so excited. And, and that was one of the things we talked about. You know, kids in his area, in Texas and the surrounding states, is just a hotbed of football and football talent. And a lot of those kids haven't heard about or don't really know about BYU. It's not on their radar. This absolutely changes that. With BYU being plugged into that conference, there's a bevy of talented football players in the South, in those states that are just overloaded with talent, that now there's another opportunity, there's another option, where where they hadn't even heard of BYU or really didn't know anything about BYU before. Now they'll see BYU week in and week out playing the teams in in their state, playing the conference that they've watched for years. And, and it just it, it puts BYU on the table. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden going to recruit like Texas, UT, or Oklahoma. You know, like it doesn't, doesn't mean that. But it absolutely is going to boost up our recruiting. And, and that's what we need. And we've, we've talked about this on the show before. There are certain position groups that BYU gets. We all, we've always got linebackers. And, and, and that, that's great. But it, when we can start to get some, some high-star players on the outside – in the skill positions, that's really what will help take us to the next level. So how much more do you think we see the Tyson Williams story where a guy who's going to be an NFL guy comes to BYU through the transfer portal? It's been pretty unusual. Is it going to become, you think, more normal now that they're in the Big 12, or that's just a one-off and I should go think about something else? Because I brought him up twice and PK's already rolled his eyes. (laughs) Yeah, so... um... It's a perfect example. Uh, you know, you have really talented kids and, you know, have whatever situation at other schools. And when, when BYU gets put in the mix, you know, those kids, it has 
really been rare, as you mentioned, in, in historically. And, and going forward, that's just going to increase. Um, it's not going to be, you know, open the floodgates tomorrow. But, you know, there's going to be more of those in the next year. And then the next three years after that, there's going to be even more. And then the next three years after that, there's going to be even more. And it's just it's an upward mobility thing. And, um, you know, you look at University of Utah, they've done a great job in recruiting. Um, they put tons of kids in the NFL and, you know, they, they're just really talented and their talent over the last 10 years has just, it has just grown by leaps and bounds. Um, I've said this on the show before. So I, my, my senior year was 07. Um, I was the only one drafted from BYU that year. And Utah didn't have a player drafted that year in 2007. And, and now you fast forward now and they, they, you know, they put tons of, tons of kids in the league every single year. Um, you know, they, they, they're just loaded with talent. And so that's, that's what 10 years has done for them. Um, I, I think BYU will have that similar thing where, you know, there'll be more next year and then the year after that there'll be even more. And just the talent will just slowly build up. And that's what we hope. So you're at the game. I was at the game on Saturday. Big game, obviously, this Saturday with the Cougars and the Utes. If I ask you what are some reasons you have optimism for BYU winning, what would be your answer? Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, just the law of statistics is probably the biggest. <laughs> just, the, you know, reverting to the mean and the law of averages. Just That's probably the biggest thing in our favor. Like, at some point in time, that coin is going to flip the other way. And uh, so that just that takes everything out of it. So, you know, that's probably the biggest thing in our favor. I, I think um, just this today, the news of today that just really excites us and gives us hope and life and, and a shot in our arm and injects us and just gets us, gets us lift up and excited for tomorrow. So that's good. Um, I think, you know, the pressure, the pressure is on Utah. Ten, ten in a row has never been done. Um, they know that, you know, nine in a row, it just, there's just a lot of pressure on them. So I think, I think there's that facet. Um, and I, also just the facet, I think that our, like our fan base, especially the coaches, cause almost all of the coaches, I mean, most of the coaches are BYU guys that played there or whatever. Um, they're just sick of it. They're just sick of losing. I'm sick of losing. The players are sick of losing. None, none of those kids on the team have ever beat Utah, um, if you're if you're not older than ten, you've never seen BYU beat Utah. We're just sick of it. So tomorrow, I hope that ends. So the other way to look at that is it's not a flip of the coin. There's nothing lucky about it. They were in the same <laughs> league together. BYU independent. You've already made clear what you thought of independence. Why did any recruits think anything different than what you said? Meanwhile, they're over there recruiting with Pac-12. And Kyle is a coach. Even if you fans or even if Cougar fans don't like him, they got to admit Kyle knows what he's doing. So if you give a coach who's that good that kind of recruiting advantage, of course they win. I think if Utah wins tomorrow, we're going to come in on Monday and we're getting an onslaught of that was Independence and they were Pac-12. Now that we're on a similar footing, it's going to go right back to a battle. That was fool's gold for the youths. They thought they were all that. They had to build in it for an advantage for a decade. They cashed in on it, but. Pfft, we're back to the real deal when we meet again. So, <laughs> I love it. Um, Kyle is a phenomenal coach. Um, when I see Kyle slander from Utah fans, it drives me insane. Uh, I think 
there's some Utah fans who don't know how good they have it um, to have Kyle. He's a phenomenal coach, and Utah is blessed to have, had, to have him and to have had him for so long. And their success absolutely is because of him and, and their success over BYU. Um, I don't know what formula he's got up his sleeve, but he's <laughs> figured out the secret sauce, man, again, for, in terms of playing us. And this goes – and this even – so you even look. You talk about the law of averages. Okay. So in, in the last, whatever, 15 years, we've won three games. And um, so in 06, 07, and 09, okay. And then, um, you know, before that, I think you have to go back to 2001 when we, we won. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is in those victories, I would argue that BYU wasn't just a better team. They were way better, especially in 2006 and 2007. Those were down years for Utah, and BYU was on top. We were really, really good. We were 30 points better than Utah, and we barely beat them. We needed miraculous, stupid plays. We needed Bryce McCain to somehow forget how to play football on 4th and 18 in order for us to beat them, right? Utah, whatever Kyle's doing, it works. So even when we're way better, we barely win. When, when it's even, Utah wins. And when Utah's better, they, you know, 54 to 10. You know, it's just... Yeah. They, whatever Kyle's done, it's I don't I don't know. I would like to crack that code and solve that formula, but he's done a phenomenal job, um, and and the success is owed to him. That being said, I think tomorrow's our day. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting thought, Brian, because you know you've been in many situations over the years at, at literally every level of football. Did you ever feel? Uh, rather from the win or the loss perspective uh, that before the game even started, there's no chance either way? Yes. Yes. So, and so culture is everything and a mindset. Um, why did Tampa Bay win the Super Bowl last year? Because Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Well, partly, you know, but it, the, the thing that really pushed them over the top was the culture, was the mindset. Tom Brady brought his arm to Tampa Bay, but more than that, he brought the the belief that they could win. Okay, and um, so in the NFL, I played on really good teams that that won division championships, and I played on teams that only won two games. And the talent is really similar. You know, NFL has a salary cap; they've got good players across the board, um, and it, it's it's a mindset. And so I've played on teams where we didn't believe we could win, and we didn't win. We didn't we didn't win. Um, and then I played on other teams with similar talent. They got the same the same resources. The NFL is pretty consistent with that because of the salary cap. And but it's just a different culture in the in the locker room where you believe every single game you can win, and that those teams are good. You go out there, you win football games, and that's that's really the biggest biggest difference in the NFL. College is different because resources are different, talent is very different. But but that but but aside from that, you can still have a winning culture and a winning mindset. And uh, it, it, it matters. It pays big dividends. Well, Brian, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for bringing all the energy and enthusiasm and dumping on independence and celebrating the Big 12. What a day, boys. Tomorrow's going to be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> Win, lose, or draw, I will wrap myself up in the blanket of P5 inclusion, as I saw someone tweet about, and I will, I will be comfortable tomorrow night. All right. Thank you, Brian. (laughs) 
Brian Kill, former BYU linebacker right there, DJ and PK. Coming up next, we'll get you up to speed on everything we have been covering in this show and some of the decisions Tom's got to make going forward. David Locke brought it up. What about playing in California? There are uh, big decisions right out of the gate. You know what? I, I, will, I will take the role of David Locke and ask the questions, and we'll put you in the role of Tom Homo, and you will provide the answers. Me? You! Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that next. It'll be hilarious. DJ and PK live from Murdoch Hyundai. Check them out online, MurdochHyundai.com. We are live at 452 South Linden Park Drive in Linden. Murdoch with over 1,000 pre-owned vehicles to choose from, offering three months and a 3,000-mile warranty, five-day exchange, car washes for life. Blake just joined us a few minutes ago and was talking about that. They're building a brand-new facility here, state-of-the-art. You're not even going to have to get out of your car. It's going to be great. But when you drive up here, you'll also see a huge sign, yes, we have cars. You've read the stories. It's a, it's a story regionally. It's a story nationally. With the, uh, the backlog and the chips and the accessibility and the availability, uh, it's, it's hard to get new cars. But they are getting new vehicles arriving every day at Murdoch Hyundai. You can come check out the all-new 2022 Santa Cruz. For the 2021 Sonata, they're offering 0% for five years. They're up to $1,500 off. they got all kinds of deals. For over 95 years, Utah has trusted the Murdoch Auto Group with quality vehicles and great customer service come down and visit them 452 south linden park drive in linden or online at murdochhunday.com the long decade of independence for byu is finally over let's go as the cougars are big 12 bound keep it locked on the zone sports network for all the latest breaking news as the cougars make the transition to the big 12 your home for the best coverage of college football in utah is right here on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network I definitely was still seeing red going into that press conference. And I think I remember even apologizing to Duff as I was walking in there. I just said, hey, Duff, I apologize in advance. And he, oh, that he was tried, the other thing oh, I was going to ask. That's legendary. See, I, I, I thought that was like an urban legend. I didn't know that yet actually happened. I'd heard that somewhere that you had said you had given Duff a heads up that it was going to get real. But I didn't know if yeah. that was going to be my next question, if that actually happened. Yeah, I did say that. I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth, to be honest with you. Um, I just know I was still fired up, and that's what ended up coming out. That's Max Hall earlier this week. He was on with Scotty and Hans, the former quarterback, and PK. There it is. All the people who told you, you baited him. He came into the room and apologized because he knew it was go time. He didn't apologize. What do you mean he came into the room? He apologized to Duff for what he was about oh, to Duff say. Duff Tittle being the, uh, one of the uh, athletic officials, administrators. Right. Yeah, that's who that is. Uh, yeah, he knew that he was – I knew he was ready to go. He knew he was ready to go. So I wanted to make sure I asked him. And there it is. Because I have this rep. <laughs> you do. You do have a rep. All right, it's time to catch you up to date on everything we've been talking about in this show. We have talked a lot about Utah and BYU. People are asking who we're picking. We're both picking Utah until we see BYU beat them, so inevitably we're going to be wrong at some point. But ride the streak, PK. Ride it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Uh, until I see otherwise, I'll go and, and go with what's at hand. And what's at hand is the Utah winning. 
And Kyle Whittingham, as Brian Keel just said, has been the master in this. This has been unparalleled. I mean, clearly he's going to go down as the greatest coach in Utah football history. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. He's going to be the winningest coach, and and that should come uh, sometime next season, I think, whatever the record is there. Uh, but he has he has the touch. He has the potion, whatever it might be. I mean, the Whittingham family, uh, part of the deal is you beat BYU, and then you celebrate it in and out. <laughs> and in and out, Burger. So the other big news of the day is it's official. The Big 12 sent out the release this morning. BYU is in. Cincinnati's in. Houston's in. UCF is in. And you've had communication with people. BYU's going to have a press conference coming up here in about another hour, a little less than an hour, 10:30, I guess. 10.30, yeah? Yeah. You go, are you going? I am, I think. Yes, I am. Apparently. Texting with Channel 2 during the show. But, yes, it looks like I'm going and probably going live from there as well in the noon show. Wow. Yeah, there it is. You going? Oh, Channel 2 fired me. That you, doesn't have you anything can go to do for the station. <laughs> and you already know the gym wants to bring you back, so it's only a matter of time. Yeah, play, play the victim. I got to play. play I know. It's not the victim. It's called laugh. Edge. You got a huge laugh. It's I got to say, that was the best reaction Keep the edge, you got. Yes. You, that's the it's, best reaction you've gotten yet. You want me to have this edge. You need me to you, have this you edge. You want me on that wall. You're going yeah, Nicholson you, on the stand. You are so loud. <laughs> I am. Here at Murdoch in the showroom, and the people are. It looking. really echoes, too. So I went to the bathroom thinking, and they're like, you hear that loud mouth over there? I said, I know. Can you believe him? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, 20, the fall of 23. So, finish this football season. Uh huh. Play one more, and then it's on to the well, Big two 12. two more football seasons, yeah, and two more everything, for that matter. Right. And then get going, yeah. So who's BYU going to dump? <laughs> Who do you want to keep? They got 12 games scheduled <laughs> in 2023. like that, dude. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Well, we don't know if there's truth. eight or nine. Yeah, I wouldn't say dump. Dump. So aggressively. They're going to have pretty aggressive. Somebody. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, because you act like it's a slight coming. on these teams. No, and it's built into the contract. I'm sure this is all, you know, it's been on the horizon. Everyone has known it's a possibility. Not just everyone at BYU. Everybody who's scheduling BYU knows it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a total shock. But nonetheless, David Locke was on earlier this morning and brought up an interesting point. So much of the recruiting base has been California. Yes, but I think that's overrated. One game in your city is not going to be the reason you decide to go to a school. Which is why they might be dropping some California games that the fan base really looks forward to. Especially the fan base that's there. That includes donors and important people and alumni and all that stuff. In 2023, they're supposed to go to USC on Thanksgiving weekend. I think they still will. That's one of the, that's one of the let's say it's nine if, games. If we know Bulls it could be, be smart, ten. why wouldn't you have that in your conference? Are you kidding me? Do they still, one, yeah. do they still yeah. want to have a money game, or do they just figure Kansas Who's is the money? Easy, uh, Southern Utah. Are you speaking Utah. from the big – For oh, 2023. Oh, from BYU. I'm saying BYU's got gotcha, 12 gotcha, gotcha, games. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They have to say, sorry, we aren't coming, or you aren't coming here. Now, one of the games is UCF, which becomes a conference game. So, really, there's 11 games. They'll get to keep two, three, or four of them. They'll still need non-conference games, depending on whether they play eight, nine, or ten. I assume they'll play nine. Interesting what Boise wants, because Boise, are they upset they didn't get invited? Well, we also, I would have loved to have seen Boise in. Have we also acknowledged the fact that most of BYU's contracts have 12 to 24-month out clauses if BYU were to join a right. Power 5 conference? Yeah. Yes. And they knew getting into it, the opposition, the opponents. The home opener with Tennessee. I'd keep it. 
and you keep the game at USC, then you yeah. get to keep one more game. And and show and this is Bronco another, doesn't want to play him again, so Bronco say take us off the schedule, please. That's a good one. I agree with you on at that. At Virginia, yeah. uh, here's an opportunity for you to kind of stick it to Utah. Hey, we can play big boys. <laughs> we don't just play one and then go to Northern Illinois and go to Wyoming and go to Carson. <laughs> we don't need to do that. No. We've got a big-time program. We'll take them on. Well, they got USC and Tennessee. Who else do they want to keep? Virginia, Utah State, Arkansas, Fresno State, all on the road. Home games, Sorry, Rice, Fresno. Boise We're State, not going to Fresno. USF, UNLV, Southern Utah. Well, I would keep uh, number one, Utah State, number two, UNLV. So right now you got Utah State, UNLV, Tennessee, and USC if you get four games. So I would take Tennessee. I would keep Tennessee, And probably need to know if you need a sixth home game. That would be something to figure out. If Utah State can't be done, then UNLV. Thinking from a fan perspective, UNLV, that's essentially So Boise State, you're letting it go. Forget Boise State. Well, that probably that deal is going to be done. And it was a great deal. It was a great deal for both schools. But, I mean, you just can't keep everybody. No, you can't. So you can't. It's, th- this is like an all-star team. <laughs> right. You know, there's more than 12 worthy, but you can't keep everybody. So yeah. it's no knock on any school that isn't on their schedule. I would love to see them play Boise. It's been a great series. I've enjoyed it every year. And so many twists and turns to that series in utah state it's an in-state game obviously and has a lot of sizzle and see what blake anderson can do well tom will have to make those decisions going forward talk to the football coaches get some input there uh but they've got uh eight eight games scheduled out through 2026 they got six games out in 2028 they're just gonna have to let some of those go all right other stuff we have discussed this morning Recruiting. The Big 12 opening doors. Lots lots of games in Texas. Higher profile there, obviously. Yeah, it puts a little pressure on these coaches, too, now. Okay, the, uh, little, uh, the excuse of high school gyms in the West Coast Conference, the excuse of independence and how difficult it is to recruit, that's over. So now, now you've you got to you, you deliver, man. You've got to step it up. I have... Every reason to believe they can, but at the same time, it amps up the pressure, right? Because Pope has told BYU players he missed because they're in the WCC. All right, well, you're out. You still got two more years, but uh, uh, when that time comes, and who knows who's going to be coaching, two years is a long time in college sports, uh, but whoever it is, there's going to be more expectations. And that's what you want. Jerry Sosie's talk about that. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Dumb <laughs> phrases he used to have. Well, okay, but you want the heavy head, right? Because that means there's expectations. That means you got the crown. That means you got the title. Yeah. You don't want to lose the title. Then you lose the crown. Yeah. And he used to talk about a lot how that uh, they were playing the brand. The opponent was playing the oh, brand of Utah. That happens all the time. It does. That's, that's the way it works. It, it is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I heard, uh, uh, what, uh, UC Los Angeles take a hit on it. Well, they're playing the LSU. They're playing the LSU team this year, not the LSU so? program. So? I don't know, but they're trying to downgrade it a little sure. bit from the SC perspective. Right. You know how that rivalry is. 
So, but that's happened, and we've always talked about like, BYU beats it. people in down years. I got it. But the, everybody beats people in down years. In the upper years, the good teams only lose one or zero games. Sure. In the down years, they lose six. I'm with you. Everybody, it's the math. Everybody beats them in a down I, I year. I got you. I, su- I can support that. But there's going to be more pressure because there's going to be a higher level of expectation. And I, and I do think that I made the statement earlier that the, the Big 12 expansion is more powerful than the Pac-12 expansion because Colorado sucked in football at the time, but they still took them, right? And none of these programs suck in football. But at the same time, I always believed Utah was going to have a somewhat difficult transition there's no excuse for BYU to have a difficult transition. In my mind, there was legitimate reasons for Utah to need time. Turns out they did. They had Norm Chow, and he did a great year, that great job the first year. The yeah, next that, two that years, they go a lot of stuff. The next two years, they go five and seven. That doesn't surprise me at all. BYU doesn't have that excuse. Doesn't have that. I don't know what luxury isn't the word, but I. You, I suspect you ought to be able to jump in and compete right away. I've always believed, and Utah coaches told me this, too. It's not just me. Like a lot of the stuff that I say when I'm serious, it's what has been told to me. Utah needed time, and they got the time, and now they're very good. BYU doesn't need time. They need to jump in right from the start and be competitive in November of 2023 for a Big 12 title or a division if they if that's the way they go, which I think that's what they're going to do. And so break it down that way. At least from the division perspective, immediately they need to be competitive. Expect them to be in a division with the Texas and Oklahoma schools? I think that's what makes them Oh, in the sense. short term? In the short term. I don't even know if Texas and Oklahoma will be there. I mean the schools as far as Houston, oh, Baylor, the states, uh, Texas Tech, oh, okay. and TCU, and Oklahoma well, State. Oh, the West, yeah, whatever they want to right. call it. I assume it would be East-West. I don't know uh, how they're going to figure it out. Uh, but if that's what they want to call it, then the West, yeah, of course. It's obvious. All right, that press, press conference coming up in about 45 minutes, and maybe we'll get a little clarity on that, and Scott and Hans will have that for you. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're back with your feedback, all your comments coming up next. Stay with us. All over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ PK, it is time for your feedback. we got a poll question up. Who wins, Utah or BYU? Utes are getting 56% of the vote right now. Daniel Ormsby says, I'm voting with my heart on this one. Oh, of course. Daniel checking in from Odessa, Texas. Why wouldn't you? Is he coming tonight to the game? <laughs> it doesn't look like Because he'd be traveling tonight on a plane. Nice. <laughs> he can see the red tail lights heading for Salt Lake International. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we got lots of people weighing in this morning. They've got lots of things to say about the rivalry and who's going to win and why. <laughs> and there's tons of reaction to the uh, to the Big Twelve. Uh, man, Utah was silly for getting excited to display that Pac-12 logo, huh? And then he's quote tweeting uh, Tom Homo. Walking in and putting on a uh, putting on a cap. 
Are we going to get? Are we going back to bumper stickers now? The Utah bumper sticker was with Pac-12 bumper sticker was all the thing it's for about five years. All over Twitter right now. And I support every Ute fan who put on that bumper sticker because that's what a rivalry is about. And you got the big time in the Pac-12, so if BYU wants to have at it, fine, go ahead and do it. But I thought it was great that the Utes were so excited to be in the Pac-12. And why wouldn't you be? If the situation were reversed, it would have been the exact same. Who's going to win this game? Rhino says, come on, David. We all know BYU is going to get their 10%. Lots of predictions with tithing humor. One out of ten. Tithing humor? Are you a tithe payer? Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> ah, how about that? Mm. I'm talking. I'm just asking the question. I'm not. I rarely talk to anybody. I like to think <laughs> I talk with people. <laughs> For tax purposes, yes. <laughs> Uh, Dana Holgerson, Ryan says, Dana Holgerson woke up this morning thinking, wait, didn't I just yes. leave this league? I, I thought about that the <laughs> other day. He was at West Virginia. He left, and now he's back in. Back to the Big 12, baby. Yeah, that is that is kind of funny in we, that way. I, that, I was uh, thinking about that. We played that audio by Mike Gundy the other day in that same press conference. The guy asked me, what do you think Dana feels about the fact that he left the conference and all of a sudden he's uh. apparently going right back in? Well, it's a line of, was it uh, Godfather 3 or 2? I they I leave, but they pull me back Every in. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back yeah, in. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, good job. <laughs> All right, Dwight's got an open mic for us. What does Dwight have? This is the happiest I've seen BYU fans since Jimmer hit that half-court shot against Utah. I'm not kidding. They're like giddy. Look, just look out the window. They're literally doing <laughs> cartwheels with pom-poms. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, I got to get home first. <laughs> All right, Patrick's got an open mic, too. The Utes were afraid, petrified to play BYU last year and canceled the game. Even Steve Young knows that. Now BYU's in the Big 12, the best athletic conference in all of America. As such, I can guarantee BYU will win tomorrow night. Ooh, we barely got it in. <laughs> The best athletic conference. Well, I don't know about that, but you run with it. It's funny how. Yeah, the SEC sitting over there going, that's cute. No. It reminds me when a program hires an, uh, a play-by-play guy, that person suddenly becomes such a diehard fan of that team, and until they got the job, probably hadn't thought much about, about that it. team. But now. <laughs> now, Big 12, man, I love you, Oklahoma State. <laughs> And they're going to be rooting for him tomorrow. As soon as tomorrow, they're going to BYU fans are going to be keeping score to see how the Big Twelve did in its football okay. games. PK. So there has always been that hashtag back the pack. Obviously, to back the pack twelve. The what I have seen online mostly this week about the Big Twelve. Can you get any, any guesses about this? It relates to the LDS religion. Uh, well, the quorum of the twelve. But it's hashtag sustain the twelve. Yeah, I mean, I, I put that. I, I said quorum of the 12 back when Utah went, but I didn't think it got any buzz and it dropped because I don't like to interject religion into the sports programs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never. Did you do the full t- 10% before or after growth? <laughs> <laughs> Mike says, last question I have, do you know how many 
Last unanswered question I have. Do you know how many conference games they plan to play per season? Yeah, eight or nine. That question is sure to come up at the press conference in about half an hour. I would think Scott and Hans will have it. They've you. got that figured out. Yeah, I, would I don't know did. the answer. I don't know I don't the care. answer. Yeah, I, I, I would start with the number nine. That's what they've been playing, and in a twelve-team league, I'm more more conference games the better. I don't know where they get a lot of good non-conference games from if this alliance is going to eat up most of the non-conference schedule for the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. Oh, yeah, that leaves for, you the SEC. For BYU, it's easy, though. Utah State, Boise, yeah, Utah, play, I yeah. mean, they would have no problem. Right, for BYU, yes. Yeah. They've got a lot of games scheduled. They can just pick and choose going forward. they got contracts, so they're set for a while. Nathan, I understand that Big 12 stickers will be passed out in church on Sunday and all members will be required to put them on Suburbans and minivans. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Willie at Little Bro Utes, Sports Illustrated. The reconstituted Big 12 is at least as strong, probably stronger than the Pac-12. And Ute fans would like to complain about that, but given Washington, Montana, and what happened to the Big 12 North... Pac-12's up respect on the line tomorrow. Now is not the perfect time to be arguing that point. Down at the Ed in Provo, I'm going to wear my Pac-12 shirt. Show my alliance tomorrow at the ball game. And Oregon at Ohio State at 10 a.m. The one time I root for the Ducks, they better freaking do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Hans and Scotty are coming up. Uh, we'll leave you to this. Kip tweets at us, how sweet would it be if BYU won the Big 12 championship before Utah wins the Pac-12 title? Oh, that, that would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? That won't be controversial at all. That would just be the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Blake Murdoch for having us down to Murdoch Hyundai here in Linden. 452 South Linden Park Drive in Linden. MurdochHyundai.com. As you drive by, you'll see their big sign out front. Yes, we have cars. There's been a shortage of new cars all across the country, but they've got them, and they've got new vehicles arriving every day at Murdoch Hyundai. Blake was on the air this morning and urged people to go online, take a look at the cars at MurdochHyundai.com, and pre-order them. They don't stay on the lot very long, so pre-order them, he I'm says. I'm drive off two today. I'm fired the up. best way to get your new car. Also, they've got over 1,000 pre-owned vehicles to choose from, three-month, 3,000-mile warranties, five-day exchange, and car washes for life. They're building a brand-new drive through state-of-the-art car wash right now. You can see the construction underway out front. Thanks to uh, the Murdochs for having us down here today. Scotty and Hans are coming up next, and they will have more on that BYU press conference at 1030. Reacting to the news, Cougars to the Big 12. DJ and PK will see you Monday morning here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.